Salmon. Hello and welcome to the Salacast on Tuesday the 19th of October 2010. I'm your host Dan Train. Joining me today, <laughs> Robert Kemp. I've got the giggles. <laughs> Zachary Burgess. Yes, I'm, I'm going to try and not laugh. <laughs> and Eddie Nye. Hello. <laughs> Did I... Oh, I'm oh. come. We've all got the giggles here. Rob, because... Rob's got a Burger King moment. <laughs> I think that's what we might have to call it. Oh, Could you explain man. that? Why Can do you, you explain giggles? <laughs> yeah, when oh. you're a Burger King. It's obviously something in the meat. <laughs> I don't know. Set Rob oh. off. Okay, yeah, I, I've, I've hit a moment where I can talk again. Ah, oh, good. Um, yeah, it Burger King like moments. Pl- that was... No, it was just always a classic, wasn't it? When we, we always used to go to that land centre in Ipswich while it was still open, LGI, whatever it was called. Oh, we played Counter Strike all day. Yeah, all night, Battlefield. Yeah, Friday and nights. When, when before the internet was popular, and uh, the wow, yeah, at least the, the upshot. Gaming. Yeah, well, the upshot of it was as yeah, the upshot of it was as we went to Burger King to finish the evening, and for some reason, because there was all of us there, we'd be eating our burgers and having a chat, and for some reason, something imminently, imminently. Uh, eminently hilarious would come into my head that wouldn't make sense to the rest of you but just set me off for like five minutes of constant laughter and that was a Burger King moment okay something in the meat you think that sounds like a that sounds like a a, a plot of the scheme of the Joker doesn't it putting like laughing gas in the meat or something I don't think it's a far cry laughing gas in the meat that would be (laughs) pretty weird rejecting it killing cows with laughing gas it's not, it's not a far cry to say that fat is funny. So so maybe it's just bits of bacon or whatever causing giggle reactions. Although normally it's fat on people that's funny, but... You know, fat, like Ian, Ian writes people. fat kids. That's true. Get, that was a funny show. Unintentionally funny. <laughs> Sorry for all the trouble at the start of this week's podcast. Basically, I, I've had to... Um, take over the recording duties uh, from Rob because his beef pooter, his old computer, seems to have gone a bit horribly wrong. So um, I've had to spend the last hour and a half or something trying to figure out all the recording stuff. So that's taken a while. So we may be a bit uh, off kilter, but we'll get on track, shall we? Let's talk about computer games. Uh, who goes first? Here are the <laughs> you no, didn't we're just, go, we're, yeah. we're, just, we're, we're just poised for our moment, you see. This is the uh, collected and more organised approach to letting Dan finish speaking and then forgetting when to come in ourselves. Okay, here we go. Um, well, we'll start with our, <laughs> like our guest, uh, who is fast becoming a regular, Eddie. Uh, what have you been playing this week? Or yeah, I've been half? playing Street Fighter, Super Street Fighter 4, oh. as well as... FIFA 11, because I'm into my sports games. Is that new? Uh, FIFA 11, yes. It's been out for a couple of weeks. I think. Oh, cool. How is it? Uh, well, we'll take it up to 11. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, previously I've been a Pro, Pro Evo fan for oh, yeah. the last 10 years or so. I had the last, like, 
I haven't played them, so I'm just conjecturing, mm. but I hear the last couple of Pro Evos haven't actually really pushed anything. No, they've... It's gone they've to... It's gotten to the point where FIFA's... Uh, FIFA used to be the inferior brand, and it's because Pro Evo's probably gotten a bit lazy. They haven't improved much. Well, it was like... It was, it was like FIFA had the better sort of presentation and a better idea of what football mm. should be, but at the same time, the Pro Evos were just better games to play. Yeah, they were... Even even though the presentation was shocking and in t- at times, yeah. and you, know, well, you had to put had... up with all the J-pop in the yeah. menus. Yeah. They didn't have all the awful. licenses, did they? Oh, yeah, well, they, sometimes they, they did. They still don't. They still don't have any right. licenses. Well, but it they was get the licensed last... from the clubs and not the. Do they have to make up like league, footballers' right? names then, like yeah. so, like Roy Rooney or something, or yeah, or, or Woiny. Yeah, or... It's like sensible soccer <laughs> something or something. <laughs> yeah, except not as good. It's obviously. it's a way around the. Uh, <laughs> it's a loophole around the or copyright. Like Supercars too. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Nigel Mansell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Tiff was Nibble. it? Send up. Was, was yeah. it the last? Um, <laughs> FIFA game, FIFA 10, wasn't that the yes. big leap forward? And this one, yes, kind of that's the that's the defining game for FIFA because before it's always known as the inferior one. But FIFA well, 10, actually, like a long time ago, FIFA was really crap. And then, like FIFA Road to the World Cup, which you had, Zach, which was 97, 98, because it was the 98 World Cup. Yeah, because that one, that and then the, one. that they were really good. Yeah, yeah. suddenly they kind of let fall. But that's like obviously twelve years ago now. Yeah. <laughs> so it was about time for a for a for another leap forward from FIFA. <laughs> that was a massive leap. Because do you remember Total Soccer before that? That was was it Total Soccer or something, or was it real? Actual yeah. Soccer. Oh no, Actual Soccer. No, that's that's it. it. Yeah. Actual Soccer. With the hilarious Clidsman. Clidsman. <laughs> <laughs> they just had like three different states of recorded. Um, Sound for each name or whatever recorded by <laughs> the commentary on that game was just so bad though. The classic one that me and Zach always reference was when you could just walk up to the touchline, completely punt it out of play, and the commentator would just casually go, Couldn't quite keep it in play. <laughs> <laughs> that was a classic. Uh, but FIFA eleven. Yes, FIFA eleven. Uh it's it's good. It's uh it took a bit of getting used to because, like I said, I I was uh, a fan of the Pro Evo, uh, but because it hasn't improved as much as I wanted it to, I've converted to FIFA this year. So, what's what what puts it above the rest? What's the hook per se? What makes you want to keep playing it per se? Because this is the thing I struggle with with some sports games and equally some fighting games, and that it's hard to grasp that certain thing that makes you want to play it more so what's special the online play is a lot better the, okay you can the special thing about fifa is that you you don't have you don't necessarily control one team you can control one player oh uh, yes i've heard about this proper 11 on 11 yes is... you can control the, uh from the goalkeeper to the striker and you can play actual football in a virtual environment. You see, that sounds cool to me. So could really... you do, like, Halo matchmaking, like, five-a-side, or whatever? You know, uh, one person, one-to-one control of each player, and then... Yeah. I mean, it'd be a bit crazy to have 11-on-11. 11 11. I mean, that would be quite... You could do it. Like to... yeah. I suppose so, Well, yeah. it's... You can do it 
a number of ways. You can have two on two where uh, each person controls like a, a player and then it ultimately switches. Or you have like eight on two or whatever tickles your fancy really. So you could have as many players as you wanted on yeah. a team and they can choose to... Didn't they have the options before in previous FIFA games where you could fix yourself to a player and then the AI would take away the rest? So you could, in theory, have yeah. like eight players versus a single... Yeah, but it's the first time against... they've had 11 versus 11. Yeah, that is cool, though. I kind of like the idea of it. I'm not sure I'd ever do it, but no. something kind of like, you know, just the fact that it exists, I think, is great. Yeah, It's a good way to, like make some friends online and then... I mean, yeah, just think about the tournament possibilities for something yeah. like that. People that are suddenly football fa- football fans th- that have no athletic ability could be part of a, pro- a full-size team and there's a certain... Well, the... There's a certain awesome sort of camaraderie in, yeah. in that, really. Well, the thing is, uh, the reason why sports games appeal to people is they're passionate about the sport and they know how the sport is played. And they're the things that they can't do in real life, they can do on game. Yes. And out of either laze or disability. Yes. And or just mostly laze. Lacking or lacking ability. Like me, I'm a crap footballer, but I try. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I don't know. It's just one of those things where. In tournaments, the people that play it, hard, most of them aren't like fat, lazy people. It's just like young, like people that are interested in sport. Well, Although there are fat, pe- lazy people, there isn't. It isn't necessarily the case for. I wonder if you'd have more or less chance to rise to the top of like um, a gaming footballing career compared to. Like a real footballing <laughs> career. Because you think about it, like real footballing, okay, yeah, it's amazingly cutthroat. Lots of people want the job. But once you start going up, in theory, you can go all the way. Whereas in gaming, you, you're, the main hurdle is there's probably a million more people than there are actually trying to, <laughs> that are of the same sort of level as you than, the, than there are sort of, you know, if you were a pretty good real yeah. footballer. So I wonder if it's actually harder no, to be a famous no, no, no. gamer. Uh, in... In the career mode in FIFA 11, you can literally walk into the team and start playing, but you're not that good. Oh, I didn't mean like in the context of the like the game's career mode, oh, okay. but sort of like in the context of if you were like a tournament okay. player or something. Well, like, Rob, to be to honest, rise like, to the top. there's like, you could probably name 20 famous footballers and you won't be able to name a single famous computer game footballer, would you? I mean... I struggle to name computer, a computer game, game. But well, I suppose you're right. Easy to play, play at hard all. to master. Yeah. Rio Ferdinand is a hardcore gamer. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm not sure, I'm not sure right. that's the right way round, but yeah, he could he could play uh, you know enough football to be and uh, be skillful enough to be internationally famous for playing football, and he still has time to be a hardcore gamer because he gets paid enough money that he well, can just spend uh, his off days like sitting around in his pants playing on his Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I read in a magazine a couple of years ago, and John Terry used to host uh, like Pro Evo tournaments in, around his house every year. Dude, and it gets really competitive. Like, do, he, do they do he, they like throw shoes at each other when they lose? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> apparently, 
it's a big party where they have like free TVs and then they like hook up. Oh, that's nothing. We did Halo Man parties most weekends and <laughs> with, with like well, eight this Xboxes. is just the, I don't know. It's it's the Chelsea team, so they're they're all really expensive and they might be like wall sized TVs. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> But it, it's just, yeah, it, you can tell like these games appeal to like footballers and. Well, that's a, yeah, to be honest, that's I a pretty know. good sign that actual footballers find the games compelling. Yeah. But I think it. I think, <laughs> I think it's pretty much equivalent to like actual announcement. Actual. actual Guitar players in bands having like guitar hero in their tour bus, like it's not actually you know at all transferable skills. Mm. It's just um, even like tactically, I don't think. I mean, if you play a bit of football and or even just watch God football, you probably know a few <laughs> a few good things uh, yeah. to put into practice in the game. But I don't think you could learn anything from playing FIFA that would help you no. play for Manchester United. Or... Well, I, I don't know. I wonder if you could like pick up. You know, proper field positioning or man-to-man marking or that kind of stuff from the game. Might be up to probably... if you're an amateur, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But if you're a pro, you probably wouldn't learn anything. No, like... probably not. Uh, so FIFA 10 was introduced, didn't it? <laughs> uh, I, I'm a bit of a... I haven't played it, but I heard that... It boggles the mind that they had didn't have this before, but, but it was the first time that you could actually sort of run and and kick balls in directions other than sort of... Eight directional. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Wasn't it? It was the uh, first time it had three hundred and sixty degrees. Yes. And that's incredible. Why didn't they do that five years ago or ten years ago? I mean, Be- they didn't. That, that is they weird. Didn't have actually, the, yeah. They didn't have the foresight for it. Well, no, but you know, if you think analog control has been around since the N sixty four, exactly. Why? Why didn't they do it then? I suppose maybe there were animation constraints. Maybe it's only now that they're getting that good at making. Mm. Um, smooth transitions between angles and stuff because you know, that's half the Maybe. thing about the football game is that make a good football game has no animation that looks out of place, not one. And that's FIFA true. definitely excels at that and always has done. And it's a uh... whereas Pro Evo, <clears throat> they're still doing the eight directional thing. Yeah, arcadey. Uh, yeah, it just seems that's so strange the... to me. As like it's somebody who doesn't play yeah. these games, as somebody who doesn't play these games, it strikes me as really odd that every year they come up with a new flicky thing that you could do with the right stick to perform some kind of bicycle kick into the goal or something, but yet they don't change even to 16 directions, you know? Yeah. Let alone the full thing. But they finally did it, and I'm glad, because that actually made me yeah. want to play it, so I would consider hmm. playing, you know, FIFA 11. Cause, That's I mean, a big step. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they were holding back until, you know, maybe it was like an annoyingly commercial decision. It's like, yeah. we could introduce this as a big thing. We'll, we'll, we'll leave it as long as we can. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Although it's awfully but cynical. That, but... that, yeah, that's that's basically how the whole... Because there's only two big uh, franchises in the football gaming. Yeah. Which is Pro Evo and, and FIFA, FIFA. And it's been competing for more than 20 years. So. I guess that's true. Has it really been that long that Pro Vivo has existed? Because I only I, really remember it from like PES 4 and stuff. I, no, because before it was called Perfect 11. Oh, yeah. And it was yeah. in. And uh, it's still called Perfect 11, isn't it? No, Japan? it's called Winning 11 now. Oh, Winning 11, okay. It's no longer perfect, you see. Yeah. This is a no, bad no, sign. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I remember playing Perfect. The first time I ever played Perfect 11 was on the SNES. 
and you could score from the halfway line. Sweet. Every every time. <laughs> how to cheat the game. Yeah, how to cheat the game. That's how it worked on the SNES. Punt it. But, yeah, it's been going on for quite a while, and it's always been FIFA versus... Uh, I remember the early FIFAs, actually, and with their weird sort of isometric view and yeah. strangely hobbling animations. I don't know why, I seem to remember that. It looked like they all had some kind of disability. and were like, <laughs> uh, So, how are you finding the Super Street Fighter 4, then? Well, me and Rob were playing it yeah, earlier. Yeah, we've been thrashing that out today. It's like, oh, I, haven't, oh, yeah. I haven't actually had a proper sort of combat scenario. I was only doing the training, but the... Uh, my God, do you need it in Street Fighter? Yeah, you but, need a bit um, of training. Does it actually tell you start anything? It gives you sort of like a walkthrough of the move lists, but the more complex sort of mechanics Combos. and things you kind of have to work out for yeah. yourself. Right. It's very hardcore. I mean, it's about as hardcore as fighting games get, isn't it? Yeah. Street yeah. Fighter. I mean, it doesn't even it doesn't have the epic move lists of like Soul Calibur or Tekken and something, but it doesn't need it because it's just yeah, just the timing yeah. required and the you know the fun dexterity needed to pull off that game is immense. There's nothing yeah. else like it. Saying that, it did seem a, a tiny bit easier for me to pull off moves. It might be because I've done it before and it was a bit, and I might be getting a bit more used to it now. But right. I did find it mildly easier to pull off some of the some of the moves in Super compared to the first one, which is a good thing because it means you can focus on not so much on trying to just do the move, but you know the strategy of doing the right move at the right time, which to me has always been the kind of you know I like fighting games where it's not you're not struggling to do what you want to do. Yeah, it's the um, you know, you, when when you know you're doing badly because you mistimed something or you used the wrong move at the wrong time, I like fighting games that do that, which is why I quite like the uh, the fight night stuff because it's quite easy to do the moves, but it's all about the timing and the response yeah. and stuff. Yeah, and yeah. I love games. I, I I really like games that focus on that rather than but memorizing the, the a fighting, million moves. But yeah. the fighting game always <laughs> does have that. You know, proper fighting games should have that twitchy aspect as well. It's just getting that mix right, isn't it? Because I yeah, think exactly. Fight Night like, yeah. is a different kind of game and a good kind of game. But, you know, for this... For, for in that Fight fighting, Night, you don't you really need mix, skill. You? you can't thrash it. In. <laughs> you, can't, you can just literally just button bash. And... That's true. Fight Night's the other extreme. It's kind of... It does suffer a little bit from you can mash your way through and do all right, but... Street Fighter is the type of game where if you're, it's balanced enough to the point where if you're good, there is no chance you could a button masher can take yeah. him down. It's, so Rob, did you it's play? Like it's quite a testament, really. It's yeah. like Tekken. You can button bash and you can beat a pro, probably. Yeah, even in Soul Calibur, you can do that yeah. to a point. But if you play online on Super Street Fighter Four against someone who's probably a pro. Yeah, and fights in tournaments, you have no chance of winning a single round, let alone taking off a little bit of life. It's quite a common yeah. problem, actually, because Dead or Alive suffered from the spam problem, where often there were certain moves in the game that were far too difficult to block or counter, so people would just use them over and over again. Mm-hmm. So the people like me who are trying to... Uh, you know, uh, you know, I, I make an effort to try and play properly in the sense that you mix up your move set, you try different approaches and things like that. You'd often lose to the guy just going, 
going drop kick, drop kick, drop kick, and it's yeah. like fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah, whereas Street Fighter, you never have a chance doing. Mm. So, did you play Street Fighter Four then, Rob? You said you played, or did you? I, play I have two? played normal Street Fighter Four. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, and Super wondering. Street Fighter Four was the essentially the sort of uh, yeah, yeah. Update version yeah. that for some reason had enough tweaks that it couldn't be done in DLC. Apparently, it's like effectively a um, game of the year edition, really. Kinda. Sort of. Yeah, they've yeah. included more. Ca- uh, how many characters? I think there's quite like, a few more yeah, now. There's but... like seven or eight. Or yeah. six, and they're bringing out another two in DLC. Yeah. So, what's different other than that then? The more the extra characters is just worth it. They are pretty good, actually. Yeah. Is that what's? I mean, it's it's, it's relatively. I mean, it's quite cheap now. I mean, you can you can pick up Super Street Fighter Four for twenty quid. Yeah, which that's interesting. Which is a lot bad. of times, so, so it has dropped in price top, quite fast. With these with these like Game of the Year editions, it sometimes is odd. Like, say, uh, take Uncharted Two for example. But um, I'm I'm thinking of actually, I was looking at Fallout Three had a Game of the Year edition, and like yeah, with um, with all the add-ons. Well, that one's probably worth it, but like they're always like. The game of the year edition will, of course, be full price, and then uh, you can often find the uh, original for for way less, like way discounted if you're on the high street. Like it's something like ten pounds yeah. versus forty pounds, you know. And that's, that's sometimes a bit strange, you know. So I think if a it's, game it's, of the it's, year it's... edition comes out at least a tiny bit cheaper than a full price game, you know, because it is an old yeah. game, but it's got the added stuff. So I understand them putting it out again because it will boost sales, and I think it's great that. People who haven't played Uncharted 2 get to play it with the, all the DLC for the multiplayer for free, for example. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, oh, I really want all that extra DLC for Fallout 3 because I don't want to have to spend all those Microsoft points on it. But on the other hand, that's like a 30 quid difference, you know? I don't know. Yeah. It's, it is, well, it's, it's an obvious ploy to try and just extend the lifespan of a game, isn't it? Beyond yeah. even DLC, like the bundle pack with everything in it. And it does work, because they've Pretty just done the Borderlands it. Game of the Year edition, which has bumped the price of the game back up to full price. And uh, it's still doing quite well. So it does work from a and marketing perspective. they put up the level cap on that, haven't they, as well? Exactly, for, because of the new DLC, the Robot Revolution, um, which isn't part of the Game of the Year edition, intriguingly. Wow. Isn't it? I'm sure it is. Isn't I'm pr- I, I thought it wasn't. I thought the game of the year edition only ran up to General Knox. The I the, I saw like the advert for it on Steam, and it seemed to have it has the claptrap in the background. Wait, let me hmm. just click it and see. I should observe. <laughs> Go internet, it let me in because I need to enter my date of birth because of blood. <laughs> Gasp. Blood. Oh, I yeah, hate blood. having to enter my date of birth. On flash videos, it's the most annoying thing. Oh, if someone could yeah. solve that problem, I would be so happy because every site has a slightly different dialogue, and the new one on joystick is the worst. What I always do is, obviously, you don't enter your date of birth; you enter the first of January nineteen hundred or whatever you can fit <laughs> in, whatever you can enter quick enough. But like the new joystick one, you can't scroll the because you have to the the date one has the has the current year. 2010, and you have to scroll down to 1985, or down to whatever is below 18 years below the current year. But the the new joystick one, the mouse wheel doesn't work on that scroll dialogue, so you have to find the little, you know, scroll bar, <laughs> and pull it down to the 1920s, and click. Well, Game and Trailers also... has that as well. Ah, oh, it's a bloody nightmare. <laughs> oh. 
They it's should just have. Can't they use cookies for that or something? I don't know. There must. It's got to be something like because any. It's not a deterrent for for like children. It's just like a. Why can't you just say yes or no? Because that's I what they have on it's, porn it's, sites. It's, it's, I think it's. Be, I think it's because they know. They know that it's not going to act as a deterrent, but it's a legal requirement. So it's there purely so they don't get sued. <laughs> yeah, but surely the legal requirement is like a yes, no. Are you over eighteen? Yes, no. I mean, surely that's enough for the legal yeah, the, requirement. You'd think. Yeah, the problem is, is that they would they they'd have to do that on site entry or something like that, and then most of the content doesn't require over eighteen access. So the, no, but I'm just saying they right, could the do cookie that for each, for each video, couldn't they? They could just have yes, no true, instead of entering yeah. your date of birth, because that's the annoying. I thing. think if the it fact that yes, it's, no, I wouldn't mind. Yeah, it's kind of like the uh, iPlayer or. Uh, well, the iPlayer is fine as well. Yeah. iPlayer doesn't make you enter your date of birth, does it? No, it just has a, uh, are you over oh, yeah, 16, yeah, yeah. and you just press yeah. yes. That's how it should be done. <laughs> yeah. I think the fact that it is irritating is supposed to be the deterrent, if you see what I mean. That What? Because 13-year-olds can't... Are the people with the patience to cope with bad web design? Oh, it's everyone else. That. It's everyone yeah. else who's pissed off by it. You know. I wonder if they're, <laughs> they're they're playing the limited attention span thing that you know that kids are supposed to get bored quickly. So if they make it irritating <laughs> for them, they'll get bored and start work. Stop watching gory videos. <laughs> No, if you're 13 year old and you want to watch like the heavy rain nude sequence, you're gonna go through anything to do that. There's a nude sequence. Yeah, awesome. Of course there is. <laughs> That's awesome. Nude sequences and games are lame. You almost, almost invariably, like what Mass Effect? I don't know Max Payne two. What what else has a nude? Oh well, the, the Mass Effect sequences were fairly stylishly done, really, because they. Well, didn't okay, really yeah. show anything, so they didn't get controversial, See, other than the fact that it was woman-on-woman woman or woman-on-alien woman. Well, they <laughs> didn't get actually controversial, but of course they generated controversy for no reason, because it's a computer <laughs> yeah. game, didn't they? So it's like, you fail at not generating controversy, but then maybe that was your plan all along, Bioware, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Woo, free publicity. publicity for nothing. Yeah, you can shag yeah. aliens. <laughs> no, I don't know. So that's no, the Borderlands thing that we initially yes. came on so the anyway. topic for. <laughs> Go ahead. The game of the year does indeed have all four DLCs. Plus, okay. you can have you can have PDF map of Pandora. Woo! Oh yes, you are right. And Sorry. you get you get first access to the Duke Nukem Forever demo, basically. Oh yes, I heard that because it's handled by Gearbox oh, yeah. now. Well, that's like the demo they showed uh, at PAX, isn't it? Yeah, that's panic quite yeah. short. Apparently, there was an error in Steam, and anyone who downloaded any of the DLCs for Borderlands separately got that anyway. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 I saw that pop up. Oh, actually... I, I, I have to say, I, I've got the most hilarious like error thing happened the other day. It's a bit ridiculous because I've, I've still only got that twenty gig hard disk that came with my Xbox three sixty. Okay, but I was on the front page of Reddit and I just happened to be there. And it was like, go on xbox.com now and click this button and you get all of Fable 2 for free. What? So I, so I did it oh, and yeah, now I've downloaded Fable 2. And they, and they closed the, the whatever the bug was or whatever within about 20 minutes. But by that point, <coughs> I already had Fable 2. Unfortunately, yeah, it's, it's, I saw a newspaper somewhere about that. Where what I was the like, fuck? 
I know. It was hilarious. It was like, you go, it was the official Xbox site, and you sort of click this thing. It wasn't like a jip or anything, and you clicked it, and it, it was like, add Fable 2 to download queue, and then I fired up the Xbox, and it was started downloading it. And the only trouble is that if I want Fable 2 and to have Halo Reach installed, then I have to have pretty much nothing else on my hard disk, because that takes <laughs> up everything. So. But still, I, can't, they yeah. did that. I actually don't have space to install games to my Xbox, so I'm a bit... It's because they did that weird thing with Fable 2 where you, you where there was the like Xbox? the pre-DLC oh, where you it? got like a, you know, oh, a little mini cool. game a bit like they did Dead Rising 2 where you get like a yeah, mini demo version basically but then you upgrade it to the full version but with Fable 2 it had like a download option so that's why the entire game existed on their servers basically and that, that bug must have been an error in the access to that <laughs> So they made some kind of mistake when they were putting up the little preview DLC for Fable 3, is that right? And that ended up meaning Fable 2 was available for everyone. Because yeah. I've got it, and it works. I, I, I booted it up. So, uh, Although well, it was hilarious because I had so little space on my hard disk that when I'd, I installed the game to my hard disk, which was 7.2 gigs, and then when I booted it up, I didn't have enough hard disk space to save a, fo- save a file, you know. <laughs> A save game in Fable 2, so I was like, oh, I have to quit out and Fail. delete something. <clears throat> like, I had to delete some of my DLC and reinstall it again some other time. Like, uh, uh, Lost and Damned. That was like 5 gigs or something. I was like, delete. Anyway. So, have you had so anyway, chance yeah. to play it? Is it alright? Is it I'm, rubbish? I'm like played I it think yet. it is. I, I think I it's going to be alright. Uh, but uh, look, look forward to uh, future. <laughs> <laughs> it's a mini review of a very old game. I kind of just want to fill around and see what the dog's about because it's like <laughs> clearly, clearly with Fable Two, what happened was well, what's clearly happened was that um, uh, you know how Peter Molyneux always like overpromises and gets really obsessed with like things that are, don't really make good games, like with yep. black and white and yeah, all that stuff. Obviously, what happened with Fable Two is the development team got be- together behind Peter Molyneux's back and said, "Right, what we're going to do is we're going to make a decent RPG, and we'll and we'll give him this dog bit to obsess over, <laughs> and he can do whatever the fuck he wants with this dog, and we'll make a decent game." <laughs> I think that's pretty much <laughs> how they did that. Because they're like he over always overpromises everything, so we'll make a decent RPG, and he can have this dog thing to talk about. So yeah, one thing that uh, appeals to me from uh, about Fable is that they've got so many good, uh, well-known actors for the voice casting. Yeah, well, they got like uh, the... Stephen Fry and Zoe Wanamaker. Well, Stephen well, that... Fry is a bit of a sellout at the moment when it comes to games <laughs> after yeah. after LBP came about. And yeah, well, then he's like uh, he's on the board of Norwich. <laughs> what bastard! Well, he, at least he's doing his best to like <laughs> remove the stigma against uh, computer games. Not that there really is one, yeah. but in Britain there probably is more than in America. I would say to acting in computer games. I don't know. Oh, I think I like it's the, the. I think it's the opposite. I think there's more of a stigma in America than there is in England. Possibly. I mean, there is because... uh, the the cast of Fable Three does have like. Not only does it have Zoe Wanamaker and Stephen Fry and all that, but it now has like Simon Pegg and yeah. all kinds of crazy. It's got a uh, uh, Malfoy from Harry Potter. <laughs> oh, has it Draco Malfoy? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, but my problem the with the voice acting in in Fable <laughs> is that okay, you've got Zoe Wanamaker, you've got Stephen Fry and stuff, but everything else has just has the classic lion head slash Peter Molyneux. Um, 
awful, awful uh, regional Hello, accents. I'm an NPC. Yeah. I'm here to guide you on your journey through this magical <laughs> land of fable. And I think Americans think that's what it's like in Britain, some of them anyway. Or in England, <laughs> we all talk all like it. this and go down the pub for a pie. I lightly, I lightly, <laughs> we ain't going nowhere till we've got some, got some word. word. <laughs> oh, anyway. But grain that, that... made by dropping sheep into a pile of grain. <laughs> <laughs> that was so freaking genius. I don't think I ever sheep actually got made far of grain. Did anyone get far enough to see what happened to that boat? Because it comes back, doesn't it? I don't know. I think I heard... Maybe I did get that far once, but I don't think I was paying attention enough at that point. I was like, oh god, I'm going to have to stop. Oh, wait, I always got did pissed it, off with the, a... you lose your creature stuff, so I never actually got past that. <laughs> yeah, like the second level. <laughs> it, was, oh, it was the fourth cool. level, I think, you lose your creature. But out of the five, or something that there were. Really? I know, I think it was only the third. It was pretty, it was like... Yeah, it was early. It was early, was yeah. It? Oh, okay, I yeah, must have got past that bit then. I think maybe the boat makes a comeback in Black and White 2 as well. I, oh, maybe. Right. Yeah, I, I only played Black and White 2 like once and I've already totally forgotten everything about it apart from how annoying it was. <laughs> yeah, because it was supposed to be the, oh, we don't have him messing everything up, let's make a decent game thing, but it didn't really work, did it? Because they realised that Black and White doesn't have a game in it. Well, really. it would have been okay if they like actually made the parts of the game work better. It was like you could build a city and that was fine, and then you could basically win by just building a giant city because it's like you know as you improve the, the conditions thing. in your city or whatever, the influence goes up, and you just you just get other cities nearby through the influence. But then, of course, there's the level where you can't do that, so you're totally fucked. <laughs> it's yeah, like, which is exactly equivalent to the level where you don't get the creature, isn't it? Really, pretty much. Yeah. Like, my problem, was... in, in black and white, I used to, you know the little signs that appeared above the granary that were told you the needs of your people? Well, I yeah. didn't realise that well, the, the trick to black and white is to know that you don't need to satisfy those needs all the time, and you can pretty much ignore them as long as they're not starving. But I didn't realise that, so I was, like, always constantly attending to those needs. And then you just get a huge population explosion, and then everyone sort of sits around on the grass outside doing nothing all day. Because you just keep building... Um, farms and like farms are these tiny fields but for some reason they take like huge amounts of wood to build like they (laughs) take more wood to build than like a a huge hall or something and then you just get all these people and and they're just sitting there and they're not helping you expand your influence to the next settlement along when the original game they didn't i don't know i don't know how you said to do that anyway old (laughs) old games so yeah um they were weird so, uh, Zach, what have you been playing this week? Uh, like, everything, or the last two weeks, I guess. Oh. <laughs> Zach has played them all. Played them all. Yeah, I, I've been, well, I say everything, but it's more like everything I usually play, and then I've actually sort of expanded slightly into stuff that I haven't played recently. Mm, such as? Like, well, I just literally have just this minute been playing Supreme Commander. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Well, the original. Not Supreme Commander 2 or anything, because, <laughs> because Supreme Commander 1 put me off enough to not bother with 2, basically. Is it not it's supposed... Is it improved, then, the sequel? Do uh, we know? If... I don't know. I should okay. maybe look into that at some point. Maybe if mm. I can find some kind of cheap copy of it. I have no idea if it's, you know, <laughs> what the price of it at this current moment is. I don't know what it, you know, when it was released. I have no idea about it. I know nothing. 
I always got confused because like... it's always referred to as Supcom 2, isn't it, for some reason? Nobody seems to call it Supreme Commander 2. So I got, what the because hell is Supcom? Symbols, obviously. Supcom? Anyway, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, Supcom. But yeah, I've been playing that again slightly since, like, yesterday. And it's still kind of poopy. <laughs> Wouldn't you it's rather just go back and... Wouldn't you rather just play Total Annihilation at this point? Yeah, basically. Yeah. That's pretty much what I've been thinking. It's like, man, I should... But then it's like, oh, I was thinking, oh, man, I could totally go and install Total Annihilation and I've got, like, the the expansion CDs backed up oh, somewhere yeah. on an external hard disk and all this shit. And I'm like, hell yes, I could totally play Total Annihilation. It's like, oh, yeah, but I bet it won't work for easily with Windows 7 or something. I bet I'll have some hassle. <laughs> it's like, oh, I might as well fucking play Spring Runner. <laughs> Let's just put that on Steam, uh, whoever... I well, it's already on the, to the other... What's it called? Good old games. That other download service. Oh, yeah. Where they basically fix old games to make them work under Windows 7. <laughs> so good old games aren't free, are they? No. It's right. that's some kind of weird download service thing by right, old okay. games. I don't know. <laughs> don't know much about that either, apart from people keep talking about it, so it's like... I picked up, mainly they keep saying, oh, fuck, to go to Total Annihilation. It's like, yes, but I actually have a disc, if I can get that to work. <laughs> okay, I always used to like the underdogs for, like, abandonware and stuff like that. Well, yeah, that used to be good until that got shut down. Bastard. Yeah. There is one <laughs> that gives free stuff now, now. I can't remember what it was, because you can get... Well, you can get like, Grand Theft Auto 1 and 2 just direct from Rockstar, but I think there's a service that offers it as well and stuff stuff like that. Yeah. So, so okay. Supreme Commander. Supreme Commander has been... is still not very interesting. It's just like... <laughs> well, the thing is, as usual, everything just takes forever, but maybe that's just the way I'm playing it. Because the thing that I didn't remember about Supreme Commander until I started playing it, playing it again was, like, every 15 minutes or something, there's, like, your... Commanders, commanders, or you know your Earthcom, <laughs> your guy who tells you stuff, comes up and says, right. "Oi, why haven't you done this thing yet?" <laughs> it's like, shut up! I'll get to it in like half an hour. Yeah, <laughs> it's annoying when like games tell you stuff that you're trying to do. I mean, they should. Uh, this is kind of blanket for all game design, but if they should be able to tell it, if you're trying to do something and not bother you about doing it, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I've seen this uh, webcomic where uh, they were comparing games back in the day and games now. Yeah. So if you have, like, uh, Super Mario Brothers, it's... uh, You just jump straight into the game and it's easy to pick up and you can just play it straight away. Whereas now, it gives you so many instructions that it kind of ruins the gameplay. Why is Press A to jump and then press B to run. There's a certain element of certain types of games, isn't there, where figuring out the nuances of the controls, or not necessarily the controls, but how the game works is is part of the charm. But yeah, there is a point. There is a limit to that. There is a, there, there does come a point where you need to know, otherwise you're at a disadvantage. <laughs> it's not even that. It's like in Subcom, it's not even really instructional. Apart from, I don't know, I guess it feels like, because it's like these messages come up seemingly constantly, but it's like, I think it's trying to train you into like doing things fast 
as if to be training you for like the multiplayer in like the kind of rushing and you know yeah. get your defenses oh, up quickly okay. so you don't get crushed that kind of shit but it's just really annoying because you can play it really slowly and then like you get this same message like six goddamn times telling you to go and do an objective somewhere it's like shut up i'm getting to it one thing i find it's uh, sometimes it's just a distraction you're trying to do something and then a message pops up saying why don't you do this and you're concentrating defending your own uh, arm but you don't you ignore the message you just close it and then you just carry on yeah i'm sure there've been a few games that have been uh, known for their far too frequent pop-ups and then you just close the message out and then it's like and you miss something important yeah uh, uh one th- one game that pops into mind is a uh, ruse no what we we've sort of spoken about this on and off and that it's supposed to that the, the basically the opinion of ruse is that it's you know, some people think it is just god awful slow to the point where it's literally boring or whereas the other the other side say actually we like the tone down of pace because it lets you think about the strategies yeah. that are so important to the game and it's it it really isn't a that that's in a battle of opinions and unfortunately it's skewing review scores but i i think i'm part of the latter because i like yeah, I'm a bit of a, I'm a, bit of a turtler think. where it because, comes to RTS. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like uh, Command and Conquer. One of the main criticisms is, well, just the main criticism of RTS is, is there's no strategy involved. No, there's usually one good way to do things, and it usually involves Zerg Rush. Yeah. And, well, and whoever mean, can control the mouse and keyboard the quickest. Yeah. I know. There's Whereas obviously, Bruce, yeah, if you watch some of these... Um, you know, these StarCraft 2 replays, there's some crazy shit going on. There's obviously some time you can do weird sometimes. stuff. and like Yeah, sometimes. Like I'm not saying like you're always coming up with a new strategy, but there are obviously different strategies that can be employed besides Rush or Turtle, which is the old classic. Mm-hmm. Clearly, nowadays, it's evolved to a certain extent, I think. It's I don't evolved, know about Ruse, but, though. Yeah. Ruse is better because you can do guerrilla warfare as well. You can hide oh, people in uh, in woods and attack your tanks, attack tanks from in woods, and you can't be attacked while you're hiding. Essentially, you could be a right bastard and just sort of spring up on people and destroy their shit, and then disappear yeah. again. So they'll be just be like, "What yeah, the and fuck you, just happened?" And you can also uh, inc- you can, there's also like special abilities that you can command. Like one of the main ruses is that you can send decoy armies. So you, if you hide your armies in the woods and then send decoy army, decoy armies, uh, they'll focus on attacking the decoys, and you can just keep on attacking. Yeah, or um, send some stealth dudes in round the back to steal their shit. Or whatever. Yeah, you just wish hiding in woods worked that well in like so, world in conflict. <laughs> yeah, where it's just like you hide in between the woods people. and you're like you get like. A couple of shots off. Maybe you destroy an entire column of tanks, but then you just know that in like thirty seconds, that bit of forest you were standing in is going to get napalm the shit out of. Yeah, <laughs> playing infantry in automatic reactions is just crippling, isn't it? Playing playing infantry in world of conflict is just no fun. But it's the weakest part of the game. Some people know could do really. Some people are good at it, but yeah, it's it's hard. It's probably like playing spy in Team Fortress. It's it's probably. Hard but rewarding, but 
Couldn't they make it so that infantry only infantry could capture points and things like that? I mean, I don't know. That might, that might bugger <laughs> that up the game. That would be weird, but... though, in World of Conflict. Yeah, because yeah, it has infantry. And because as soon as someone starts capping a point, there's the artillery strike is sure to arrive in about four <laughs> Yeah, that's four the other problem. Oh, yeah. So like you have to do the kind of precise dance where you like drive your units onto the point and then like wait two seconds, then back off, wait for the inevitable artillery strike, then drive on again, and then just repeat that, <laughs> precisely moving out of the way of the fire. It's like you have to kind of learn, or you like park your units very precisely around the edge of the circle so stuff targeted in the middle doesn't hurt them as much. <laughs> yeah, uh, I've got an interesting uh, story. Back in uh, back when I was in sick form, I had a friend who uh, was really good at uh, Age of Empires 2. And he oh, was yeah. so good, he never actually touched the mouse. Whoa. He played it just using his keyboard. That's kind of pro. Yeah. Because mm. so. like, they were I... all right games, weren't they, the Age of yeah. Empires series? Well... Up to two. Up, yeah. yeah. Up it started two, going yeah. downhill. Age of Empires 3 was crap. Was it? Okay. Age of Empires 3 was like... What was it? It was... Because it was like... It, was it had America. the engine of another game or something, didn't it? Where it looked exactly like... Oh, no. Was that... No, no, no. no, no. Was Empire Earth, Earth came, yeah, came out at the same time. And it was <laughs> a very similar Empire Earth game. was the hell of a rip-off of Age of Empires. Well, it yeah. was the same team, wasn't it? Or they broke away from Microsoft or something, wasn't it? Empire. I don't know. That was, Wasn't it? That was as bad. It was like 3D, <laughs> except not really. Well, it was, it? You know, it was early, early 3D RTS, so it wasn't exactly yeah. pretty, but it was bad. But it was still a poop game, really. And there was that other what, game what, what that the, took everything and made it mental. Rise of Nations, what? do you remember that? Oh, yeah, yeah. What? what was the Age of Empires studio called? Because I know they went on to do Halo Wars and then eventually got disbanded. So like angels, because Microsoft like no. gave up on them, so like killed it off. Yeah, all units. <laughs> oh, Halo Wars. Uh, I played the demo of Halo Wars, and it was already getting annoying. That because you couldn't, you couldn't units. when you were playing. Oh, you could. It wasn't on PC, was it? So you had to buy it on the 360, no. didn't you? Yeah, and the, you pretty much it was almost impossible to have fine grained control of what units you had selected so you pretty much ended up pressing the button that selected everything all the time and just piling them in and when you press the button that selected everything it said all units <laughs> so you just heard that constantly all units <laughs> oh dear lame you know multiplayer rts is like one of the most nerve-wracking things i just i couldn't i can hop into like deathmatch or anything and not be too bothered but like it makes me really nervous trying to you know build up an attack like a one on one for example RTS like I used to play CNC Generals with Barlow and um, he just cane me every time using his incredible like high speed clicking abilities <laughs> or so his always... cheap tactics to do with jipping well, the tunnel entrances yeah he jipped the tunnel entrances <laughs> yeah because he used the GLA and then he'd, he'd build he'd build about a million black markets which just happened to be I think it's just lucky because like out of the three factions that that building the, a, a, each of the three factions had like a money making building but that, that was, was the best one. The best. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because the black market was amazing. And the allied one was like the airdrop, which was really which lame. Which terrible. And, and also the plane and China had down. the hackers. 
yeah, yeah the but you had to build pretty awesome as well. You had to build the center, and then you had to build the hackers and put them into the center. And the black yeah. markets were just a lot easier. And the hackers um, could it... sit anywhere, couldn't they? Yeah, yeah, they could, the... but the, they'd all they'd be augmented by the center, and it was and a they bit were more. There was a lot more clicking to do to for the Chinese. They would they would probably gave you more money than the black markets, I think, but um, mm. maybe not per unit area because that's what it was when you went over to his base it was like just full of black markets Solid. and then he just all had just a fuck ton of bomb trucks all sort of gypped into one tunnel entrance and then he'd build one of those tunnel entrances that burrows out of the ground right next to your base and just 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 a whole fleet of bomb trucks would just explode <laughs> your entire base within about five seconds and it was like oh lame uh one of the uh one of my tactics when i was playing a uh, command and conquer tiberian what was it? Tiberium Sun? No, uh, this, is it Tiberium Wars? Tiberium Wars was the, was it the, the name one? of the first game, wasn't it? Tiberium Sun was... No, that was two. Tiberium Dawn. Dawn oh, Tiberium Dawn. One. Oh, Tiberium Wars, Wars, yeah, must have been... Three. Yeah, that's the third three. one. Yeah. The, uh, Command and Conquer 3. Uh, yeah, one of my tactics was... In the expansion pack, there was uh, Zone Droppers, where you can uh, basically drop your... Uh, zone troopers anywhere on the map, as long as it's not in the cloud, uh, fog of war. Fog of war, and I just use the satellite to like give me a the glimpse train. of their base, and then drop them in in the middle, and then just bomb the hell out of the base. <laughs> well, that's just like the old stupid thing from Tyrion and Sons, the burrowing APCs, where you just yeah. have a burrowing APC as well fill it with engineers, come up in the middle of their base and steal all their buildings. <laughs> yeah, because originally in Command and Conquer, an engineer could steal an enemy building just from full health, couldn't it? In yeah. one. So you could just walk an engine if you managed to get an engineer into the enemy base, no matter how dodgily, you could just take like an APC full of engine, even an ordinary one before the burrowing, if you managed to actually get it past their Obelisks of light or whatever. You could just yeah. you just take everything and sell it immediately before they before they blew it up. It was a pretty good uh, tactic. Mm. But the the good thing about those games is that it's great for multiplayer. But if if you're just one on one, then it's just really cheap tactics, and it's not really the way to go when you're playing one on one. Well, you mean multiplayer I've, I've, like four people? On the like, or well, when I played uh, Command and Conquer three in uni, uh, it was literally uh, eight player free for all. How and big is the map for eight RTS players? In, in it's one? quite big. Yeah, they are quite big. CNC three yeah. is actually a very good game for quite large numbers of players in an RTS game. I've done it once before, and it was actually. Quite, it's probably the most fun I've had in a multiplayer yeah. RTS actually, CNC3. Oh, okay. Because, I don't know, generals had. <laughs> More than World in Conflict. <laughs> I play generals multiplayer as well. Actually, no, you're probably right. World in Conflict does still win it, but of that type of game, you know, with the. I mean, yeah. the yeah. sort of base building Classic style. style. Yeah. yeah. Resource gathering style. Yeah. CNC3 was actually pretty good because I could play in my normal style, which is a fairly slow paced fashion. Yeah. Uh, While well, the other players basically dust around of each other, and 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 then st- sort of join in halfway through at my own pace, and still be in a competitive position, yeah. it was it, it the balance was good enough that I could play in my own style, and I liked that. Oh, well, it's cool. just so, it's just as so long as you don't get rushed. It's like as so long as they decide to yeah. go and attack someone else first. Basically, <laughs> yeah, that was the that was the. Well, trouble. That, 
There'll, there'll always be one person who decides to rush it. Yeah. And you just ask a friend to help you out. It still yeah, strikes me alliance. that, like, yeah. RTS games, screw- not World in Conflict, but, like, those classic RTS-style games, it strikes me that, like, more than two players is fun and everything, but it's not quite how it should yeah, be. That's... Like, when, like Magic the Gathering or something, you know? It's like, oh, you can play with eight players, but really it should be one-on-one, shouldn't it? Yeah, you know, whereas not RTS is the opposite, and more players the better. Yeah, I think, think you're right. I think I agree with it. Yeah, it's, it's more, more unpre- that's because... more unpre- it's more unpredictable and occasionally incredibly frustrating because you could be the guy to just get ganked right at the yeah. start with two teams coming to own your ass for, yeah. for no apparent reason, just because you happen to be there, yeah. and. Yeah. Uh, it's it so it can be quite annoying, but at the same time, it's that unpredictability that makes it interesting. All it's doing is giving you a better chance. It's like if it was one on one and you were playing against someone who rushed you, you'd lose inevitably. Yeah. But if it's like two on two and one of them is rushing, but they they decide to attack your teammate first, then that gives you time. It's like it's exactly. really just a compensation for you not being good at that part of the game. <laughs> but then yeah, but when I... there's eight on. Uh, eight player free for all. You can have your secret factions as well. You can like team up with other uh, team up with your friends and then uh, fight until fight at the end. Like you team up fighting, uh, picking an enemy and fighting together. The problem I have with RTSs is, is they teach you the wrong tactics in the main game. Yeah, yeah, they teach you. Yeah. The, the majority of the time, and I just sit I... there while the AI throws shit at you, and it's like. It's never going to get in here because I've turtled. Even when I've tried to play fast defense tactics or even rush tactics in the past, they've never freaking worked. So I always end up sticking to my normal play style, which also doesn't work. It leaves me in this horrible feeling of, what the fuck am I doing wrong? And CNC3, to a point, seemed to get around that for me. I'm not really sure how it did it, but... Uh, I, I, I didn't get that problem. Admittedly, I haven't spent a massive amount of time with it, but I didn't get that feeling like I have done with Generals, like I did with StarCraft yeah. pretty much every time I picked up the mouse. Um, and, you know, the, 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 I don't know what it did that was different, but me and RTS, I, I'm, I'm not going to lie, I suck bad at it. Well, but I don't bad. know why, and that's the annoying bad. bit. Well, that's I, and, that. You should play Ruse because they that one ha- does have a good tutorial. That's good because it actually teaches you how to defend and how to attack. Well, StarCraft Two is supposed to be pretty yeah, good for like the single just player building stuff. teaching you sort of how to play the multiplayer. No. That's why I've, I've also heard Zach that StarCraft Two yeah, single player is just really good and like <laughs> well, completely yeah. completely different to like all other previous RTS single players. You know. Just paradigm shift, different. Like like they... the difference between games before and after Half Life, but for RTS rather than FPS. It's because they finally made it so it's not like you start from nothing, you build a base, and here's the enemy base that's occasionally going to send units. Yeah, at you. and like, it happens that's to be how it. That's why turtling is like the default tactic because you're like they've already got a base set up, but you know that they're not going to start sending units to you for a little while so you better get some defenders (laughs) yeah it's just that same pattern i mean they made it i mean they the way they spiced it up in like red alert uh, red alert 2 was just to make it completely insane and crazy 
but it was still the same, wasn't it? It was well, the still the same wasn't. Bay of a Base over there. The only thing they could do to jazz it up was to make lasers and <laughs> flying jetpack dudes. And time control. <laughs> and time shift. And yeah. Tesla everything. Which, to be fair, oh, kind of worked. <laughs> but it, it worked kind of worked. It worked okay in Red Alert 2 because <laughs> sort of each level was based on one unit's abilities. It's That's like true. when you get to the multiplayer of Red Alert 2 where you just have access to everything. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I don't know what to build! Everything's so yeah. fucked up! It's and too crazy. One of the <laughs> great things about Red Alert 2 was the dogs. You can no, have an army yeah. of dogs killing infantry. Well, that was the original Red Alert. Uh, the dogs. <laughs> or, or, yeah. or a dog tank. Were they in 2? Or maybe they were in 2. Oh yeah, by were. editing yeah. the little innie files you could give any any gun to any Any vehicle unit, and any, any unit, so we ended up making dog <laughs> tanks. Because <laughs> for some reason the, the act of a dog jumping to kill someone was treated like a bullet. So you could make tanks that would fire... Well, they'd be invisible dogs, basically. So you'd have tanks that would bark and people around it would just die. <laughs> it was brilliant. It was pretty hilarious. So, uh, where or are we? flame boats. <laughs> the most pointless <laughs> thing ever. You'd be playing anything else, Zach? Uh, what are we doing? The Supreme Commander. We need to talk yeah. about the TF2 thing, probably, because Yeah, I guess happened. we should. But and then again, we can talk about that economy. literally ever. Yeah. That's true. But what, just snap judgment, what do you feel about people paying for hats, pretty much? Just well, boom. it would be okay Seriously. if it wasn't so insanely expensive. It How is crazy. Is it? You are literally Who's talking like £12, £12 for, for certain hat? hats. <laughs> In-game no aesthetic items. It's it's crazy. It's really weird. It's that really determined by... It's like a regular... It's like if you want, say, a flare gun. It's like if you don't have the flare gun through the achievements. It's right. still like 59p! <laughs> That's loads. But yeah, this, this is the irritating thing. People are doing it. People are paying and for in, it. And in quite large quantities. And I do not understand. Well, it's whenever you see people in, like, the in-game chat channel trading for crates and then opening them immediately, which means every one of those crates that they've opened, that's two quid. <laughs> like, what the well, fuck? <laughs> maybe they consider, like, buying a 12-quid hat. Maybe they don't think of it as buying a 12-quid hat. Maybe they think of it as a donate now button, you know? And they well, just that, to Yeah, get... if that was the case, maybe, and, and it... There, there is a certain logic to that. Valve should get rewarded for what they've done. Because we were talking about Fortress, the crazy but... value that Zach has got out a thousand hours for like ten quid or something, or yeah. whatever Zach paid. So that's amazing. And then he's not under any obligation to spend any more money. So uh, from that point of view, you know, Valve are clearly not evil. But on the other hand, this is very strange. Don't you think? <laughs> I don't know. It's like it's okay to like. Give them some money. Yeah, but you wouldn't. Yeah. They, say surely it. they'd get more if you just bought more stuff at a lower price. Yeah, because everyone would yeah, buy everything. Yeah, I'd or buy loads of hats if they don't were say it. Sell the idea, but just like donate to me and I'll give you this thing for free. I don't know. It strikes me that <laughs> having played a bit, or some of this That's Halo Reach multiplayer mm. with with the armory and stuff and the clear progress that you get towards like buying new items it seems like a fair, much more sensible system than all this crazy oh it drops once in a blue moon and you have to craft it and then but oh you could pay 12 quid for it you know it's just mental you know anyway. it's getting too complicated well I, there's really just 
even before they'd done every class's individual weapon update, it was just really too much. <laughs> it's like I, I get the feeling it's too much. Kind of insane, where it was like, yeah. oh, all these different goddamn weapons and choices and. Well, I'm actually I'm not so much annoyed by all the different weapons. It's like I wouldn't mind nine classes worth of three weapons each, but the hats are just too much. I don't like all these goddamn hats. <laughs> Maybe yeah, I'm the only person in say. the world who says this. Yeah, I think you are. It's like some. I, I agree it's like it's okay that are like, I'll, you know, some hats are fine, but there's really just too goddamn many of them now, and some of them are giving a bit, you know. Off theme and totally ridiculous. Yeah, I don't like that off theme stuff. That's, I mean, it's like the community design stuff. Some of it's really good, but I mean, if it goes a bit off theme or whatever you call it, now yeah, that that kind of grates because they the the TF2 has such great art design, you know. Originally, yeah. I mean, it has such a great look, and and the whole point originally was that the character silhouettes were very carefully designed so that you could tell from a distance what class it was just by the shape of the outline. And if they all have the, a towering pillow of hats on top of them, then that kind of messes <laughs> that whole thing up, doesn't it? I mean, I mean, it's not a problem for me because I can see, I can now I know what a medic looks like or whatever. But uh, and it's the same with all the new weapons and stuff. It's more like I know when I started playing TF2, it was. From, really quite fun to get into it had all that sort of oh don't worry you died but because that was the the best you've done you know with that weapon or whatever had all that sort of encouragement stuff and that like it made you want to get into it but now i just feel like if i was new to it now i'd be pretty put off by all the of uh, the the learning Ridiculous curve the time and when we yeah when we started it was uh, the learning curve would have been much better i would say yeah. I don't know. They started, just... like, once they started introducing all these weirdly specific mechanics that are like only happen with a certain weapon or, yeah. you know. It's like, like because you have like the regular spy backstab or whatever. And now you have this new one where it's like, because the backstab was just like the thing that never changed between all these other weapons. You can yeah. rely on the fact that if you got stabbed in the back, you'd die instantly and then, you know. That would be that. But now you've got this weird other knife where it's like, they backstab you, but then your body disappears, and they instantly cloak into you, and it's like, what the fuck is going on? And it's really hard to tell sometimes, because you get stabbed, and when it snaps out into your, like, you know, death cam or whatever, you right. sort of see your own body disappearing. Yourself. And it's like, okay. there's a really sudden jerk, like, more so than when you get backstabbed for some reason. I don't understand that. It's kind of weird. Also, that's probably hella overpowered. They need to fix that spy set. It's totally fucked up. How <laughs> oh, is it? Because it sounds I don't really like the hard concept to use. Of sets. The, the whole thing about the sets just seems mad to me. How you get extra bonuses for? I mean, in an RPG well, world, yes, but for t- yeah. for competitive FPS, uh, the set thing is that if you have like one of every item in every slot from a particular set, well, not every exists. Slot. Well, that, you know, that exists. If you have the set. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Then you gain an extra bonus, which gives you an edge, yeah. basically. Which and is also added into the immediate balance ruining thing where it's like, you know, it's to encourage people to buy shit. It's like, you don't have the full set yet, buy the last thing. Don't wait. Uh, Do it now. That's a shame. Because <laughs> it, it, it decreases, like, your ability to improvise and, like, have whatever 
you know, customize how you play, doesn't it? Because it's like, yeah, well, so I can't so. have this and this because you have to play. You lose the set. <laughs> yeah, you lose the set. I mean, before this sets thing, he had that, as you were saying, Rob, with the charge and charge and the Highlander. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, you didn't realize, but that was clearly a set before these sets existed in that you had to use both pretty much because otherwise you're just crippled. And you, and, yeah, uh, you lose certain things. And I think that's a shame. You should be able to mix and match whoever the hell you'd like to play the game, you know? If you want to use the the, the charge and charge with the, you know, the, the, what is it, grenade launcher? Or sticky launcher, what do you get? Stickies. I don't know. Yeah, yeah stickies. Because if you have the shield, you don't get stickies. Right, yeah. I don't know. Anyway, but, uh, I, I don't think it would bother me too much, but I, I, it's, it's kind of annoying. I'll admit, I suppose it's... The, the idea is worse than how it feels. At the moment, it's actually okay. It, or at least yeah. ho- it, hasn't, it hasn't marred my experience of the game. I don't um, know. So maybe Some... it's been very carefully thought out, but there's it, I, it worries me, let's put it that way. Okay, it's okay. Ahead. I wouldn't mind so much if some of them weren't so ridiculous. I haven't really noticed the sniper one where if you have the set, have you if you have the set, you can't die from headshots. So it's like, firstly, it's like, what does that actually mean? It's like if you get shot in the yeah. head, you just end up on one health. <laughs> or it's like, if you got get shot in the head, do you take less damage or something? It doesn't uh, really. I think, I, think, it... I think you're right on that. If you get headshot, you get taken down to one on the first headshot, and then any subsequent will kill you. Well, well, I don't know because it does specifically say you can't die from a headshot. So maybe yeah. if you're on one, you won't die from subsequent headshots. Not that you should survive long on one health anyway. <laughs> yeah, but I mean the spy one really. I just think some of these new shit, new things are just unbalanced. The spy one definitely needs changing. It's totally ridiculous because the the set bonus for the spy one, it may if you get bumped while you're cloaked, it makes you visible for longer. But it's like 0.5 seconds, it's like, how noticeable is that? Don't really know. But then the bonus is like, your cloak sounds are quiet, decloak sounds are quieter, except it's really like, very a lot quieter. It's like normal uncloaking is almost silent, and the dead ringer is quieter than the normal cloak would be. <laughs> Which is insane, because dead ringer plus that set is just doom. <laughs> Way too bad. I, n- I never liked... Well, I could never hear the fact that spies decloak anyway, so it doesn't make any <laughs> difference to me. Well, yeah. That's not a problem for you, apparently. I, I, I don't I... know. I've, never, I've, very re- I've only ever noticed that decloak sound, like the normal decloak sound, like twice in my entire time playing it. It's, uh, I don't get that one. I haven't played TF2 for quite a while. Like, I don't know, a few months, I would say. Well, I, I maybe even... Six months? I don't know. How long has it been? Anyway, no, not that long. Anyway, <laughs> but okay, three months at least. I haven't played TF2, and I have to admit, I'm completely lost. There's so many new stuff. It seems to me. I mean, I'm I want to go in and like check out all the engineer update stuff, and now there's going to be all these millions of other new things that I'm going to have to learn. I mean, it's just gone crazy. <laughs> yeah, except, except getting the, the 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 poly count. If you're going for like the poly count or main economy stuff, then you know you don't have to get into that straight away. It's going to take no, a while. Well, but it's, Unless no, but it's you other buy, people it's using that the... shit. Yeah. It's other people it's like, using that stuff. Yeah. It's not me buying it. I'm not worried about that. I probably won't even get the engineer stuff for a while because I have to get the achievements to get the unlocks, but it's just everyone else using it. You have to know how these things work. That's the trouble, isn't it? 
Yeah. Well, I don't know. Like, I don't know. At the moment, I don't actually. I haven't paid much attention to what each weapon, each new weapon's special abilities are, and I'm not really, you know, losing any enjoyment because of okay. it. Okay, I'm figuring hear, it out actually. as I go. It's actually comes back into what we were saying earlier a little bit, and the, the the figuring it out as I go along approach is actually all right. Okay, fair enough. So you're not like dying and going, "What the hell? What was that?" And he's turned into me and. <laughs> Oh, the, the, the yeah, the, okay. On? The spy Suddenly knife is the one. The new spy knife is the one annoying thing. And yeah, the first in the first game I played after the update, I did get gerated from miles away, and I was like, "How did that happen?" And... Right, because it's the new sniper. Because it just uses yeah. the same effect. That's what I don't understand about that one. It's like, why did they not make it like sickness or something? Why did they just reuse gerati and then not even, you know? make it obvious how it was different. It's just like, suddenly, Gerati! <laughs> yeah, because it doesn't make sense, because if it injected you with malaria or something, that would make sense. But, like, <laughs> a, a projectile that hits you, and then, what does it... They look like syringes, don't they? They're like little, you know, dark things. So how do they splash pee urine on you? What? Yeah. It's just, it what? I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. Oh, and, some of the stylistic the stuff. The fact that they gone. didn't they didn't make a new effect for being covered in milk as well for the scout milk throw. Oh. It's just an icon on your HUD, so you can't even tell when you've been hit by it, and you can't be t- tell when you're being buffed by the new soldier buff banner because your weapon doesn't glow like with the regular one. Oh, they so need I to don't understand why they things. didn't do those things. They need to take stock before they add new stuff and just like make everything. Well, just, considering how you know, long they spent fucking around with the actual, you know, the balance or whatever for these polycount things before they released it, because, it, you know, the models had been finalised, and then there was, like, months before it actually came out. They they don't seem to have done... They made the stats for them, but they don't seem to have done any, you know, effects work or... Well, they probably spent the whole time playtesting the stats and making sure they were balanced before, because that's ultimately more important to the enjoyment of the game than, like, the effects and stuff, isn't it? Well, apart from the effects that, you know, you should... <laughs> yeah, milk, that's true. for example, it's like you can't even tell. An icon on the yeah. HUD is not sufficient. No, okay. Mm. No, the milk one feel... is a bit crap. You'd expect it to sort of have a... A slightly lighter piss-type haze or something. Yeah. Also, apparently the milk doesn't wash off if you jump in water, which sounds like they've just forgotten to... Because, <laughs> you know, the piss washes off if you jump in water, but milk doesn't for some reason, because they forgot to set that option or something. milk. <laughs> <laughs> well, it... It, it, <laughs> it patently isn't milk, because it says so in the item stats. It's, yeah, really? it's labelled... It says... it's. It, it's like mad milk, and then the subtext says non-milk substance. <laughs> yeah. Oh right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, if you want to craft it, it's made of gerati plus refined metal. So yeah. take from that what you will. Yeah. The bodily fluids take, with take extra iron, iron filings. <laughs> take iron filings, mix Mixed them into piss, and somehow you get mad milk. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, TFT. So I should probably move on to Rob. Actually, he's probably ejaculate yeah. bombs. <laughs> we need yeah. to not talk about any more TF2. What have you been playing, Rob, <laughs> my man? Um, exciting. The most important thing on my list is probably Halo Reach multiplayer, which you've also been doing. Uh, yeah, so I've been before playing I get too, into so that, that. I, I will, before we get into that, I do want to talk about the what should have been 
world-changing release of Sonic 4. Oh, <laughs> oh yes, of course, oh. we need to talk about that. Yeah. So, uh, I, I, I will like be... <laughs> I played yeah, the demo. I, I, was, I, was, I was shifting my, my stance. You know, I had to get into the into the ranch yeah. stance. Into the serious role phase. Yeah. It's yeah I, I are serious, serious roles now. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's odd, is is my impression of it. It's it's trying. My, my, yeah, as I was trying to explain to Eddie earlier, my uh, my thoughts are it's almost trying too hard, and as a result, feels wrong. Like the, the just the control of Sonic himself just doesn't feel right and that's weird considering the game was made by both sonic team and dimps who in the past have made perfectly good sonic games and yet somehow they've changed the feel of the control so it's not nice anymore it feels cheapened and a bit tacky you know it's it's weird the the main thing that just struck me immediately was well apart from the and the the widely reported slightly awkward walking animation and slow acceleration speeds um is the fact that you can stop in midair right just by turning the stick around what well, i mean the momentum of jumps seems to have gone completely um like if you just like you know, you jump to the right and then you flick the stick to the left. You pretty much stop immediately. Admittedly, your air control then is limited, but what? How can you do that? It's just wrong. Sonic doesn't handle like that. It's supposed to be kind of loose, fast, and mental. So if you go too fast, making a jump is difficult. Um, things like that. That was kind of the balance, you know. If you go too fast, you you mess up your jumps. Yeah. If you go in some sections, and if you go too slow. You won't make the jump, things like that. Yeah. You'll, have to go, you'll have to go a longer route. They've got that wrong, and that's a fundamental mechanic. Yeah, because I, I find handling. myself, I find myself stopping when I didn't really mean to. And I remember in the old games, it was more like if I wanted to stop, it was hard to. Hard it was to hard down. to stop. Yeah. Which, yeah. which makes sense. I mean, that. I mean, at least it's you've got momentum, and it's like part of the challenge is 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 keeping a grip on the supersonic hedgehog. You know, but yeah. now it's like. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, it's, okay. They 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 dumbed it down, is 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 how I'd say it. it's no longer mm. the the sort of you know maybe it was a, a you know a decision by the dev team or something to sort of say you know what we need to make this you know we need More to give accessible for yeah them. we need to get Sonic's mass appeal back so let's make this a bit easier than it has been in the past and in the process they've pissed off everyone that's been looking forward to this. Mm. Uh, in, well, okay, they, okay, they've pissed me off. Let's put it that way. I mean, I'm, <laughs> right. I'm uh, you know, I know, I, 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 I've played the Sonic games that would, most people would have passed by. So <laughs> it's, uh, um, and you've given them a you fair sort of chance only really, as well. Yeah, you sort of only really played 2006 fully because it was like a challenge to get through the shitness. It really was. <laughs> it was. It was. A, it was a grind of heart. It was. <laughs> oh, it was. It was like really? you just wanted to see the next cutscene of terrible acting. <laughs> was yeah the 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 awkward hedgehog human romance and basically how I could glitch the ga- the game beyond all recognition, which there were some fantastic bugs in that game. Like there's this ridiculous. <laughs> Um, you get eventually you get this gem system that lets you like plug like coloured gems into your shoes for different abilities. 
all of which don't work very well. Um, the, the funniest being the shrink one, which actually has no benefit at all on the main gameplay, other than the fact that you can glitch it and jump infinitely into the sky. <laughs> <laughs> so getting around some of the hub worlds becomes ridiculously easy. But, but anyway, no, but, back to Sonic 4. <laughs> yeah, Sonic, sorry, yeah, Sonic 2006, what a joke. Are there was. any other characters you can use that have got Sonic 4? No, it is no. all Sonic all the time, which is... I'll be honest, Tails and Knuckles could have made a, made a, made a return if they wanted them to, yeah. because they were always uh, probably, okay in the yeah, 2 Anything else that's was probably just terrible. Design, where it's like, because with Tails and Knuckles, the, the climbing walls and flying with the sea, you have to do like a whole other pass on the layout of your levels and stuff. Well, playing as Tails was basically the easy option. Yeah, you just fly. Yeah, so it was, well, you know, the, it, the inclusion you know, of Tails could, for beginners is fine, but you could fight, uh, like, Knuckles was a slightly route. harder core yeah. route, and generally. And Sonic was the normal. And Sonic was the normal style, so yeah, it was, it was fine. It all worked out. I don't have a problem with Tails and Knuckles living in Sonic games all it's the time. That's fine. Else. Yeah, anyone else, they'd have to have weird... You know, they made Amy work on Sonic Advance, the first one. Because uh, she had slightly different mechanics, but it was still basically handled the same. She was a bit slower, so it forced you to take the different routes mm. that required more platforming than speed. But that was okay. Um, they were subtle about it. But yeah, my biggest problems are the controls. The right and the music. I found quite grating straight away. I mean, what the shit is with that theme tune? It's yeah. like quite literally. It's just like that's super gay. They should have well, gone the Mario the... route and go for the original themes. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, just just bring back the original Sonic theme, but funk it up a bit, you know. Well, because they already did that in like Sonic Advance Three, where they had like the Sunset Hill Zone, where it just basically had a remix of the Green Hill music, and that was awesome. <laughs> Really? Yeah. It wasn't really that remixy. Well, it was okay. It wasn't exactly a remix. It was like it had some similar sort of themes. Yeah. What was it? Well, it had the same uh, tune. Sunset Hill. You mean there wasn't Sunset Hill, was it? There was Mushroom Island and Angel Island. Is that what you're thinking of? Or no, on Sonic Advance Three. Oh, Sonic Advance. Sorry, I didn't play Three. Yeah. Yeah, I know. That's why you were playing it. Sorry, I thought you were say- saying Sonic 3. No, I think yeah. some of the original musics were apparently made by that Richard Jacks guy, who's actually British. But... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who did, who did some of the Jet Set Radio stuff? He did, yeah, he did some of the Jet Set Radio stuff. What's it like? Uh, everybody jump around and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, so, uh, and he's not obviously involved in this, which is a real shame. Uh, but um... No, it's, it's actually composed by Jun Sanu, who has been a, a long term. Sonic composer. He's, I think, he's been there since Sonic Three, so he's he's no stranger to what Sonic should sound like. But this um, isn't his best stuff, obviously. By far, no. He's got the he's got some of the themes okay. For instance, the main, the sort of menu music isn't that far off what Sonic should be, and yeah. actually, the main level again isn't far off, but it's just not as good as it has been before. It's not catchy. It's not something you. Mm take with you to the, um, you know, t- take with you around, start humming it un- unknowingly. <laughs> For some you know what I mean? Like, so... You were going to say, take with you to the bathroom. 
<laughs> oh yeah, I, I I often take Hydro City to the bathroom and I'm sitting there going Hydro City, lovely. <laughs> Good choice. Can <laughs> you play that Not when you play? Obviously. Cheers, <laughs> 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 oh. that. Oh, nice. I played the trial of uh, Sonic Four and. Yeah, I wasn't really enjoying it, but I think it just kind of reminded me that I don't really like Sonic games, I think. And it's not because I don't like Sonic as a character, and I don't like the world, and I like the idea of going fast compared to Mario's, like, ponderous plumbing adventures. But when it comes down to it, it, in 2D Sonic, I just don't, don't understand the appeal because I can't see where the fuck I'm going. I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm, I, I constantly feel like I'm completely out of control because I'm like, well, I can't see 10 feet ahead of me. And that was how it was originally. You know, you had to learn the levels, I suppose. But, I mean, you guys loved yeah. it, obviously. But I just go, what the... Oh, what the fuck's going on? Oh, I've just hit an enemy. Oh, God, what the well, they, they I missed... just don't enjoy that. I just don't... I don't know, so... They missed an opportunity to get rid of some of the problems in that as well. In, um... Yeah. Cause cause, you know, with with the extra resolution, they could have zoomed out the view a little bit or made yeah. it. In fact, even better than that, made it so it zoomed out the faster you went. Yeah, or and zoomed out and work. panned you across to the left or whatever if you were running to the right, for example. Or they could have just and yeah. zoomed out. Made it, and they could have just made it like a physical button push almost, like like a boost. Where yeah. like, now you go into fast mode and yeah. it zooms out so you can see more. Because, <laughs> I mean, if they made Sonic 2D Sonic a game that I want to play, that would be great. But I just, it was just like, oh, I remember why I didn't, why I had such terrible trying to <laughs> complete these games on the yeah. Game Gear. Because I'm crap at them and I just don't enjoy them for those reasons. And it made they, me they... think just in general that, like, why um, did they not games that. Um... Just... It made it really hard as well because if you uh, died, you had to start all no, over I again. Or from, from the last the star post. Yeah. Or... No, it's just like if you lost all your lives, you had to. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The proper hardcore. Yeah. But like, in Mario, you, <laughs> you, found them. you died, but you had the option to continue. You always had the option to continue. Exactly. Yeah. Why did they so... just not fucking. Why have they not realised that Sonic Rush is the way to go? <laughs> They could have yeah, made an I awesome mean, Rush-like game on a full console. Well, this is the weird thing. Sonic Team and Dimps have worked on Sonic 4, and Dimps were responsible for both Sonic Rush and Sonic Rush Adventure, which are, in terms of recent Sonic games, brilliant. I mean, that's <laughs> probably not saying much, but they are fantastic for Sonic fans. They're pretty much as spot-on as they can get. Um why haven't they capitalised on it is a mystery to me. I'm actually, you know, we're in the position here where Sonic 4 should have been great. However, I'm now actually quite a lot more excited about Sonic Colours than I was before oh. because of because I don't think Sonic 4 is that great. Sonic Colours DS, for instance, might actually be the new Rush. So they're never going to like make you feel like Sonic's never going to be good again, are they? No matter how many times things go wrong, <laughs> it's, it's it's getting unless it's, I make it. <laughs> yeah, it's getting to that point. Yeah, unless, unless Eddie suddenly makes it in the game industry and basically makes a a Sonic game to end all Sonic games. I mean, there are a lot of fan projects out there that have, you know, none of them have ever got off the ground and been great. Let's be honest, but mm. some of the fan projects have at least managed to get the Sonic handling engine correct, which is the fundamental thing they've got wrong in Sonic Four. 
You know, yeah. if some guy in his bedroom can make a game feel like Sonic and Sega can't, there's something really wrong going on. Speaks volumes about the people that designed the game. Yeah, definitely. I think they've, I, I, I think they've kind of missed the point here. The point was to get the Sonic fans back on board. Yeah, and they haven't done it. I think so. they always try and choose the route to please all people. Yeah, which never works. Which never works. Yeah, you either right. please the newcomers or you please the. Well, the other thing is that it's not, it's not really a true sequel anyway. It's more of a homage. It's. Yeah, it's like it borrows too much from Sonic it, Two. Like, yeah, the whole idea of it is like Robotnik after you defeat him in the Death Egg is so pissed off he goes back to all the places you've already been and fucks them up again. <laughs> it's yeah. like literally in the story, it just says that it's going to be exactly the same things, only slightly different. Yeah, yeah. so you go to a casino zone that's the same as Sonic 2's casino zone. <laughs> it's called like know, Casino Street it... or something. <laughs> yeah, in pretty in pretty much every detail, it's the same. Splash Hill Zone, yeah, okay, you fine. You can get away with a Green Hill ripoff because Green Hill is iconic. It's 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 the shiz. Uh, that's fine. Um, but make the music cool. Change that. Uh, do you know what I mean? It's 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 too derivative. All apparently all the bosses, and this is going from apparently because I again I've only played the demo and I've managed to make all of these assumptions from the feel of the demo, which is a bad sign. Um, that's all you really need from Sonic. If you don't grasp it straight away, yeah. then you know where it's going. But you know, the bosses are apparently all derived from Sonic Two bosses with a new twist. So well, it's I kind saw, of I saw like so little... again, they're not new, which is a bit frustrating. I saw um, like a little mini clip video, which appeared to show you know the boss at the end of Sonic Two, like the big giant mm. stompy robot thing. That yeah. just looks exactly the same in Sonic Four. I couldn't tell what was different about it, but it, you know, it looks. Like yeah. that weird, oh, the big robot ridiculously circular thing. robot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're the same, I think. Some of the bosses are direct rip-offs, so I've heard. Yeah. Mm. So yeah. at this point, Sonic I think that's Colors the main theme of Sega 2D games. They're always ripping off itself. Yeah. At the moment, anyway. Very well, I, mean, I mean, up to Sonic 3 and Sonic and Knuckles series, it was all brilliantly original. But they had, they seem to have run out. Well, Rush and, still yeah. managed to do something different with bosses and everything. With its True. Yeah, with 3D its bosses and stuff. Two and a half D bosses, yeah, that were quite cool. It actually showed off a bit of the DS's power, that it's more powerful than people expected kind of thing. But it's a... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. And it's far too expensive. Yeah. <laughs> it should have yes. been at the 800 Microsoft points or... You know, seven pound yes. region at Clearly most. now, now we know Whereas the ten, quality of it. Yeah, ten pounds yeah. and twelve hundred points for two thirds of a Sonic game that's not really a brand new Sonic game is just plain ripped central. I mean, think about it: episodic games, three of them, and you've got a twelve zone Sonic game, which is about the equivalent of Sonic Three and a bit, you know, Sonic Three and Knuckles. I don't get episodic kind of games. Yeah, and and you and but you're in full price game right. territory there for something that is basically I mean, smacking of budget title price. I mean, range. how much it's, would be the, the Sonic Men, the, the Sega Mega Collection or whatever with all the Sonic games? How much would that be? You know, <laughs> I saw I, yeah. I, I saw it in town earlier, and it's selling at eighteen pounds. Yeah, so the Ultimate Mega Drive Collection with like the Sonic. Whereas, with all the Sonic yeah. games on it. Whereas I was looking at uh, uh, one of the uh, cheaper games, and one of them I saw was Bayonetta selling at £10. 
Yeah. No. Okay. So. Uh, oh, I still you, need to uh, play that. I forgot about that. Yes, you do. <laughs> I, I I really need to play that as well. I think everybody's got that like sitting on their desk. Or, <laughs> 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 yeah. It's the game you can't quite bring yourself to play, but you know is good. Yeah. Well, I've started it about three times, and each time I think, <laughs> "Oh, I'll start from the beginning again," because I can't remember exactly how I, you know, because it's beaten up. And it won't take me long to get. And I've I've played the same section about three times. I would have said. Oh, anyway, starting games yeah. again is a terrible habit, especially yeah. when it's things like Final Fantasy. <laughs> Because I've yeah. done that several times, where it's like, yeah. oh man, I'm never going to remember where I was in the story. Oh, in the story, yeah. Over. Even though I've spent like 50 hours on this save. Because ah. <laughs> Bayonetta, the That's story one of the is main so things insane that I RPGs. don't really want. I, c- I could skip every single sequence and I, I wouldn't mind. I just wanted to remember all the button presses and everything, so that's why I was starting that one over again. Yeah, no, Eddie, Eddie, Eddie brought, brings up a good point there. It's like annoying RPGs are very frustrating for that sort of like. I want to start over thing because yeah. simply because it's hard to remember. Well, the and thing... the game doesn't really give you many prompts no, at no. points about where you're supposed to go. And one of the main things about RPGs uh, in general is if if the story doesn't captivate you to want to know the end, then it's not a good RPG. Like Final Fantasy Thirteen, it's gotten to the points where okay, this is tedious now. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, I've been playing it, and I, it's more an effort playing it than it is to enjoy playing it. That's worrying. Yeah. I was going to... It is on my list of things to get and try, Final Fantasy oh, Thirteen because it's a... It looks pretty and everything, but the, the gameplay itself... No, I'd never have enough time to play anyone. I want to finish Lost Odyssey before I even attempt oh, thinking about it. It's been so going a while. And any of the yeah. other Final Fantasy games you might want to finish. Well, Final Fantasy it's... VII yeah. is the best Final Fantasy because. Eight. No, it's eight. Seven. Eight is not better. Oh, eight is it. different. No. Final Fantasy VII, you wanted to know how the story progressed, oh. you wanted to know how it would end. You could argue forever about bigger. that, though. Yeah. The trouble with seven, the best. sometimes, was if it just had weird though. offshoots, though. Whereas, like, where, especially like the bit where you you have to go to like the fake Japan and Yuffie's village or whatever, and that just seems like it's a hella diversion. You're just like, suddenly we have to go do this now. Yeah, there's quite a lot of <laughs> even though, even though I've never ever got very far in seven before tailing off as one of your signs of it not being that compelling yeah. I, i've never managed to get i don't think i've ever got past the first disc i think my playthrough on the psp at the moment did is you the get third out disc. of the first city oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, get out i think my i think my playthrough on the psp at the moment is the furthest i've ever got okay. and i haven't touched it in months yeah and this is restarting again fairly recently so it's uh it, again yeah, it's not case for it doesn't drive me through. And well, I, I do remember where I was at. I can't. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing at where I'm at, but because I couldn't figure it out when I was actually playing it properly. But um, well, the thing about, I mean, a lot of times. It's I don't know. I loved Eight Story. I loved Eight Story <laughs> precisely because the diversions didn't feel like diversions. They felt like they were still attached to the main story somehow. Mm. Whereas in Seven, you're right. The diversions are completely fucking off the beaten track half the time. Well, I don't mean like li- I don't mean the like the literal side quests. I mean sometimes even in the main story, it's like you come to a place and it's like hang you on can't a sec, go guys. Hang on, because the story is happening. Hang on, someone's making a clicking noise. Is that someone fiddling with? Oh, that's me. Sorry. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Carry on. Oh, yeah, so, it's like sometimes in Final Fantasy VII, you come to a place that's like, stop, <laughs> stop doing that. But now the train comes. But now the train. <laughs> I'll just wait a minute here. I love the professionalism. Just, here. just get it out of your system, guys. Just to, you know. Yeah, okay. Everybody mash your keyboards now. Water, water, water. <laughs> okay, train is finished. That was a long one. Uh. Yeah, but that's what she said. Okay, back to the point. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes in Final Fantasy VII, you come to a place which is like the next stop on your main story or whatever, but it doesn't seem like you're doing anything important. It's just like, I have to maybe go and talk to this guy, and then there's a sequence. It's like when you first come to the like Rocket Town where you find Sid or whatever, it seems totally irrelevant the first time you're there. It's like, oh, look, it's a busted rocket. Mm. Well, this Ooh, is this is I the bit now? I'm at at the moment. Rocket Town, yeah, exactly. Rocket Town is where I'm at at the moment, and I can't figure out what to do to get the story to move on. I, I've been around it. I'm sure I've talked you to just everyone. I've been up the rocket, and it's just like, well, what, what do I do to get the story to move on? You go back to the map. There's nowhere else to fucking go, and it's just, <laughs> yeah, it's just like it seems totally irrelevant. I mean. Obviously, Rocket Town is one example where later you come back there and it's like, holy shit, this is hella important now. Yeah. But it's like the first time you come to it when you don't know that, it's just like, how do I move on from this pointless place? I don't want to be here. Yes, that's that's exactly <laughs> where I am. Yeah, it's uh, definitely a, a peril, like restarting an RPG from the beginning because you've forgotten the story. But I mean, it, it does happen, doesn't it? But I don't know, sometimes like... I have to say that it was totally, totally worth playing all the way through Mass Effect again just before Mass Effect 2 came out because the reward is really good for knowing what's going on in the story and everything. Absolutely. And just, Mass Effect really does benefit from all the extra knowledge <laughs> of the of the universe. Do you think it's we're going to be playing through Mass Effect and Mass Effect 2 when Mass Effect I, 3 comes out? Do you think? Or maybe no. just 2? Mass two? Effect 2 doesn't have the same draw for replay for me. Compared really? to the first one, Even I played the first like, one twice, and two I don't really want to play again. I, I don't know why. <laughs> I started playing it again, but then that kind of. I'd, I'd actually a bit of me actually does want to play through one again, mainly so I can get a character into two, for a second playthrough. Who's the woman, basically, just to, for oh. a different take on it. The woman is awesome. Always go with something. To the Xbox. Um, although it's not easy. <laughs> So, you know, it would be a probably too much hassle. You might as well just play Mass Effect 1 again. If besides, you there's the insa- besides, there's the insane mode achievement to get. <sighs> yeah, but then you won't <laughs> finish it because it will be too annoying. Yeah, and it will be 30 hours worth of annoying, so, yeah. 30 hours worth of constantly randomly dying and then doing the dramatic fallover. <laughs> That's such a weird thing in that effect. I don't know why. <laughs> it doesn't seem it, dramatic enough, does it? You just sort of fall over and it goes. Yeah, rawr, it never rawr, looks rawr, natural. Rawr. You just kind of ragdoll retardedly onto the floor. <laughs> <laughs> It's really weird, and and of uh, course, Mass Effect is is harder in the beginning than it is at the end, of course, because you don't have all your stuff. So the first fight you get into, like in the bar on the on the Citadel, when you haven't got any weapons, if you've never done any combat before, it's quite easy to get killed. 
takes like, forever to like yeah. kill those even they're just like grunts or whatever the random like henchmen and they t- yeah. just take forever because you can't fucking hit them with anything because you're so ridiculously inaccurate <laughs> and the and the the bar is like a weird circle shape circle so there's no cover it's just a pain. I mean, once you know, it's not that hard at all. But it's like the first combat, really, in the game, and you have no clue what to do. And you probably see that a few times. I don't know. When right, I played probably... through Mass Effect One again the last time, I very nearly failed on disarming the bombs on the first planet because I, I, I like oh, yeah. what they were, and it's I like, oh shit, them, I actually yeah. have to remember. No, I have I a minute left. That. Fuck! I've, I failed that twice, I think. I think I couldn't remember it what it was. It's like it's really it's like oh shit they're going to blow up this place. It's obviously critically important that you defuse these bombs, but we're not really going to tell you where they are. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. That just, just, just yeah. 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 Anyway, right. We should probably get onto some reach before um. Yeah. Uh, before how, we how are we doing for time check? Uh, we've got another half an hour or so. Oh, sweet. so. Did you set it to 2.15? Like, I did, actually. Okay. Yeah, okay. The overflow zone that we always use. I should probably <laughs> talk a little bit, because I've been playing Reach, and I played through the single player in Heroic, and I started on Legendary, but um, I, we should probably... We didn't really have a chance to talk about kind of the well, full extent of the campaign, did we? Well, yeah, it's, it's, worth going back to, it. it's worth going back to the point about Legendary, because... You know, you know, when I on my last report, I was say I was complaining that the difficulty curve seemed a bit uneven and right, things yeah. like that. And I still think, you know, when you start out, it is a bit harsher than you anticipate. But then it gets, mm. then you adapt to it, and it's okay. Because now I'm playing on legendary, I'm not actually finding it that much more difficult than the yeah. end of normal. You're so playing more carefully, don't you? Yeah, yeah, you, you do it in a different style, but I'm not actually finding it as difficult as I was expecting. You know, it's it's no Cairo Station. From Halo 2, let's, That's let's true. put it it's that no, way. It's no so Cairo Station uh, yet. I mean, so maybe it's, it's actually alright. It's, it's, it's actually still to, enjoyable at the moment. Have you got to the bit where you have to ride that helicopter? Because that, like that looks like a modern, war, modern warfare style where it's like, because you can't move to avoid fire, you just <laughs> die. No, I think they make those bits easier relatively because they know about that problem, I think. Because I saw Rob think... die at least once on that in Heroic. Yeah, I did. I got, I got blown up by something and I didn't know what it was. Okay, that might be bad. I had to do the section it. again, but... Yeah, but that it, was it leads pretty bad in you... modern warfare. Yeah, that was I... bloody awful on that mission when you're flying into, well, generic brown town in a um, was, in a chopper was... and you have to shoot all the forever. trucks and stuff and guys with rocket launchers because there's a very specific order in which to do it and if you don't, well, do the thing it, is, you die. The thing is, like I I discovered how to do that using a I had to use a guide to figure it out or whatever, and I cross reference multiple guides to try and work out because I was so annoyed because it's like no skill in that it's just complete and the thing is that um the the people shooting at you with rpgs on that level in uh modern warfare the original modern warfare like depending on where you are looking they will shoot so if you keep looking to the right and then swing around quickly you can get them but if you are looking at them they kill you (laughs) is now that is dumb yeah anyway so that was the only way I managed to do that. But, but uh, yeah, that's Call of Duty, basically done. Call of Duty. But yeah. <laughs> so Halo Reach. Um, yeah, I really enjoy the campaign. I think. I think. I mean, I think it's one it's, of the best it's, ones it's good. done. Actually, I, I, it's good to play. However, narrative. And, and I'm, yeah. I'm going to stick to my guns on what I said last time. The narrative is a bit weak. 
Well, they were time. always suffering from having this prequelitis of you know what's going to happen, and I think their main problem. They've set up what, is, well, they, the whole is, setup for you know it's going to end badly is done yeah. very well. That's and, and, you know, oh, and the ending of the game without spoiling it is brilliant. To be fair, yeah, that that, oh, that whole really end section is fantastic. I but really yeah, I, won't, I don't want to talk about it because you know it's probably a bit too early since it's released. People will still be playing it. Blah. Um, well. I guess uh, one thing that I really like about not the narrative of Reach, but just the general, I don't know what you call it, atmosphere or something, I like that it's gone more hard sci-fi like the original and less fantasy. Like, stuff yeah, like... definitely. I mean, at the end, can't, I mean, story-wise, there's a big pro- plot revelation and stuff, but uh, other than that, you know that Pillar Orton is going to take Master Chief to Halo because that's the start of the original game, right? Mm. So... And you get to see the Pillar Vault and take off, and that is so cool with the jets and everything. That's exactly... It doesn't just float into the air. Because if you think in Halo 3, a giant capital uh, frigate, uh, UNSC, yeah, just, flies just sort down of and just sort of hogs itself above your head <laughs> for a bit, yeah. It doesn't even wobble. It just sort of sits there, like, in exactly the same way that bricks don't, you know? And... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's a Douglas Adams, <laughs> Douglas Adams joke there, but um, uh, and but and and that is just like I just thought that was really silly. Whereas this, it just looks so cool. And there's little things like that all throughout, like like the helicopters yeah. have blades on them and all all that kind of stuff. I really like. And I still the wish they the... used the spirits more than the ray, uh, sort than the phantoms, because spirits look cool. Well, I don't mind. I quite like that phantoms are back. Uh, or no, no, I, no. I like... uh, spirits are the two pronged dropships. Phantoms are the. Oh, uh, it's the other are way the, are the, are the blobby ones. Oh, I'm glad the spirits are back, yeah. No, I don't mind that they use both, though. It's all right. Yeah, um, but the spirits true. kind of stopped being used after a while. That's true. They were cool. But, um, yeah, so the thing, the big revelation in the story, I didn't understand the first time around, okay? Now, it takes a little while to sink it. in, doesn't it? You sort of um, you sort of pick it up in the wrong way. Yeah, or at least, they... yeah. No, we we shouldn't talk about this. Let's do this off yeah. air because that's uh, okay. It's 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 a big thing. Um, but yeah, if when if you come to that point, then uh, think about it a bit because it's not quite what it. I when I first came across it, I was like, I thought something that wasn't right, and I had to look it up online. And anyway, so just bear bear that in mind when you play Halo Reach through. It's a bit of an odd twist there. Anyway. But um, it does change the way you think about the entire series. Well, it's supposed to. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, we'll it's talk clever. About that. It's clever, yeah. and I, I want to see if the legendary ending opens up even more. But that would be cool. Yeah, wasn't there? Isn't there not meant to be a legendary ending? Someone said. Maybe. What different? Mm, might not be different. They didn't do a legendary ending in Halo Two. Right. Yeah. Well, there was one. Well, I don't think I don't because we tried to oh, think well, about it before. Yeah, I don't. I don't think complete the game and then talk about. It. Yeah, that's true. Well, we've completed the game, but it's like um, we don't really want to yeah. talk about it so so soon after release. It's it's a big thing. So, um, in terms of the the gameplay, I think that uh, the weapons are fine, but the the DMR is probably the most useful weapon ever in a Halo yeah, campaign. I'd definitely, say. pretty much. But I mean, it does. It almost makes the other weapons suffer in terms of variety because you pretty much want the DMR at all times it's available and you spend most of your time in, in legendary mode just wandering around trying to find the DMR ammo. <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, because I mean, in the original game, the um, elite sort of tactic... Oh, I shouldn't say that. 
because elites are enemies. But um, the tactic <laughs> to use against elites was, of course, plasma pistol charge shot followed by pistol headshot, right? But yeah. now, plasma pistol charge shot followed by DMR is even better than that. I mean, well, no, the problem I have is that pl- the, it things dodge the plasma pistol shot too well. Yeah, yeah. that's kind of annoying. So, that, so it's almost worthless again. Well, at least it has that slight homing effect, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, but uh, and they're everywhere, of course, because you can pick them off of grunts and stuff. But um, um, but the DMR is 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 so good; it's really good in multiplayer as well. It's just, it's the weapon of the game, and I really like yeah. that. Because to be honest, when I played the first Halo, I pretty much used the pistol the entire time through, and my old weapon was hmm. usually a plasma rifle. Now I barely use the plasma rifle at all. But, you um, barely see the actual main yeah. rifles, is the thing. So they're, they're, they're yeah. very, they're actually quite rare now. Yeah. But it's, the concussion rifle is a weird one. The uh, the one yeah. that the sort of heavy elites tend to carry because it's really fucking annoying to fight against. But well, it's really powerful against you and really weak to you. Weak against, yeah. If that was the point I was going to make, yeah, it's weak against everyone else, which is yeah. really frustrating. It's really strange, isn't it? Because, like, in Legendary, because it causes so much concussive effect that, like, if a, a shot lands near you, you get quite a lot of splash damage. And yeah. yet, if you try and use it against them, then they just hold up so well. And it's really strange. But um, I don't mind, because I just use a DMR. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. Although, um, moving on to the multiplayer... Okay. The DMR is one of those weapons that basically highlights most of Halo, Halo's uh, faults as an online game. And don't get me wrong, it's still fantastic, but all of the niggles from the previous games are still there. So things like you getting into what seems like a fair fight or something you've you know a fight you've initiated first, you've landed every shot on the opponent's head. Yeah, you're the one that dies. Yeah. I know. That still boggles my mind because you've you've landed every shot perfectly, and somehow you've lost the fight on a straight one on one. And I don't understand how that's possible. So I can only possibly think it's got to be network issues, or something funny in the host client relationship, something like that. I I don't understand how that can occur, but it's fairly common. And the same goes for like beating contests. They can sometimes look very strange. What if, hypothetically, there's two of you, uh, you know, there's an enemy there and you, and you've both got DMRs, and you both see each other at the exact same time, you both start shooting at each other with the DMRs, and you're running towards each other, and then you touch, and both melee at the same time, you both lose your shields, right? Yeah. That happens quite a lot. And then, what do you do next? Do you go for another beat, or do you shoot them in the head? What's actually quicker? Because sometimes it seems one way is better, and sometimes it seems they get me with a second beat before I can shoot them in the head. Yeah, it depends what the other player does. If they back off, you've got to go for the shot. If they... Right. Because chances are you won't be able to... By the time you react, they'll be too far away to get a second beat in. But... Is it it's not always or... the case. It's not always the case. Sometimes the second beat is your best option because you're too busy mashing around each other that getting the this, getting the aim for a headshot just isn't is hard. Yeah, isn't Cause appropriate. Cause a guess... body shot will do fuck all at that stage. Well, they've lost their shields, so you ought to be able to kill them with a body shot, even relative. Mm, yeah, it still couple. takes it still takes several body shots. Is the thing. Right. So by the time they get a single beat on you or a single headshot, you're, you're down. So it's so, generally not a good idea to go for the shot if you don't think you can make the. So after if the you beat, don't think you can it, make the hit. Should you circle strafe around them? Is that the next move? Or I was thinking yeah, maybe kinda. you maybe you could just work. 
maybe you could just str- uh, sprint straight past them after that point and then be like, where did he go? And then turn around. I have done that, just, yeah. Just I, jump. I have, I have... <laughs> or jump, I don't know. <laughs> that would be funny. Because it seems like... No, jump, jumping of... does work as well, actually, because it takes them a little while. If they're right in your face, all they'll see is your feet, but another beat can still kill you at that stage. Because I'm getting pretty okay. I like, I, I'm pretty good on um, levels where there's lots of cover, and um, I use the sprint and the DMR. I'm pretty good at that. But like all the other stuff, I'm still learning. Like when I'm playing Elite Slayer, for example, this guy. Because of course you start with plasma grenades, so there's so much more sticks in Elite Slayer. Mm. And um, what he'd do is he'd come up. <laughs> it's just so he... annoying. Yeah, okay, okay. I think we missed something there, Dan. You dropped off. You probably, re- <laughs> probably recorded your end. I was wondering what that happened. Sorry. So it what basically it? sounded like, so he comes up to me. That's it. So annoying. <laughs> All right. Oh, well, <laughs> you missed the whole tactic then. What he does is he, he sticks me with a plasma grenade and then immediately locks his armor so that the explosion doesn't harm him. Ah, that's that's yeah, that's quite that's quite funny when that. He was doing it over and over. He was a real real bastard. I didn't know what to do because you can come out of that armor lock whenever you like, can't you? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna have to work out all the different crazy ass tactics because I'm pretty much choosing sprint every time at the moment. I don't know about. I don't know about you. Um, I'm trying to mix and match. I mean, when the beta was out, I played quite a lot with the active camo, but people are too wise to that now. It still works. Um, primarily on that level from the from the beta on the sort of hillside, you know, like the first area from the campaign, oh, yeah. you know, that sort that Power sort of station or whatever it's called. Yeah, kind of. Um, that active camo is still quite effective okay. on that level, but everywhere else, I'm struggling to use it. Hologram mm-hmm. can be fun, actually. That actually does work quite well at confusing the enemy. Yeah. Um, if you just send it charging in in front of you and you're hi- hiding behind it, tr- getting shots on the enemy, that's kind of cool. That does work quite well. Um, but, yeah, armor lock is a difficult one to get right. It right. does have its uses, but it can be tough. I think I hear a cat from afar, so I was, uh, <laughs> I'm going to let her in in a moment. Um, the, yeah, what else do you get? The jetpack is basically, it's almost a no-no, actually, the jetpack, personally, because it just it makes you such a fucking target. I think it really depends on the level, because there's some levels where it's really useful to be able to... Most people use it to fly around like idiots, but what they ought to be doing is going up to the... taking shortcuts to higher levels with it, rather than yeah. using it for a fighting thing. I mean, something like um, Sword Base, it's actually quite useful to get straight up to the top without without running all around and around and getting caught in the corridors, you know? Yeah. Because obviously being on high is an advantage. Not high in the air, flailing around like an idiot, but being on a nice sniper. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are bits of Boneyard where it's very useful to be able to jetpack up to them rather than having to find a long-winded stair route. But Apparently um, there's a sniper depot on Boardwalk that you can only really get to using the jetpack or a grenade jump. Like um, Possibly. I mean, the rifle spawns in a place you can walk to, but it's... Yeah, it does, but you have to grab it and then go up to the to the uh, sniper deck, I think. Yeah, okay. So if Maybe. you're getting killed that way, just watch out. A lot of areas in the game like that that you can only access with the jetpack are usually classed as out of battlefield. That's true, but... But maybe That's there's one they missed. Oh. I don't know, I think that one might be intentional, but anyway. More worrying, got... though, is yeah. the... Uh, and, and this comes back to... 
the whole game of the year and DLC discussion, and the classic DLC discussion, is the fact that there's a map pack due for release in about two weeks' time. Well, I think it needs more maps, to be honest. Uh, it does need more maps. They should probably but, have been in the game, but... But, um... yeah, we're, we're talking less than a month after release, and there's a map pack, and it's... On the other that's hand, a, though, That's a bit cheeky. On the other it's hand, the though, the game... Yeah, it's just not right. I don't agree with that at all. They should have been in the original game. I mean, it wouldn't have hurt Halo to have been released a little bit later. Yeah, I think <laughs> to, to make whole, more though, room for the maps. I think Reach as a package is pretty good value if you just take what's on the disc. I mean, yeah, but I feel I feel the experience has cheapened mainly because all the multiplayer levels, well, most of the multiplayer levels appear in the single player. You know, it's they just ripped straight out of that rather than being the custom-built maps well, that they are usually. They're taken they from areas custom. in the... I think, no, because when you're playing the single player... There's a bit of both, but, yeah, because some yeah. of the single player bits, they have all this extraneous areas you can explore, like when you find Boardwalk, for instance, for the first time. Yeah, um, that's, because that's a really lot of confused you, to, didn't it? Yeah, there's no, a lot of place to walk around, me. and none of it is relevant, and, and um, that, because the same it's the multiplayer actually, level. But... The same thing happened to me. You, won't, you, you might not have noticed uh, this, but the same thing can happen if you, if you take a wrong turn on that, um, you know, the base where you launch from the fighter, because you're supposed to just go straight in and into the fighter, but that whole multiplayer level that's oh, yeah, is, the there. Launch, so yeah. is there. And I was doing the same thing you were, as in looking around all these places trying to find a med kit that wasn't there. Because, of course, the start of that new Alexandra level, you are on low health, aren't you? Yeah. But I just happened to be on low health because that bloody elite in the corridor just before you get to the fighter had taken me down a peg or two. So I was looking around all these crazy areas trying to find the, the health, which naturally wasn't there. So there's yeah. ups and downs with that. But it's kind of cool. Yeah, that every it's, single... so, so, some of the... Yeah, I know. There's ups and downs, but it does, it feels a bit annoying when I knew when like one of the last areas of the game of the campaign is is an invasion map, for instance, and it's like yeah, uh, that's true. you know, well, I mean, like on. the dockyard I've, sort of thing. Yeah, you know, I've played this a couple of times already. It's kind of lessened the impact of this area now. That's true. And, I I definitely played the and I played Boneyard, for... which is near the end of the game from the beta and stuff like that. It lessened the impact oh, okay. of those areas for me. That and, makes sense. You know, it's it's irritating. I don't like it. If they're making multiplayer maps, they should personally I think they should be yeah. explicit and completely separate from the single player because they're not designed to purpose. Hmm. There's a sort of a double edged sword because the multi the sing, yeah. in this in a way some of those stupidly expansive areas because they're multiplayer levels gives the the world a bit more of a a real feel because you can walk around areas that aren't particularly relevant to what you should be doing, and it kind of means well, maybe this environment isn't just designed to guide yeah, but me there through must the story. Be a point but... to doing that. Yeah, you know, it would be nice if there was more stuff to find. Just I know, I I know what you're saying, but there's a clear delineation from areas of level that aren't like that and areas that are, and suddenly you realise you're in one. It's, it feels a bit odd. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like like it, a, it it's is not a consistent style. Yeah, yeah. Um, it is strange. Still, Oh, man, Still, more be... more levels aren't a bad thing, but they need to be cheap, and there needs to be a lot of them in the pack. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they were. It can't be like a Call of Duty pack where there's like three maps or something no. for a tenner. That's fucking no. ridiculous. But none of that stimulus them separately. Yeah. yeah. And there's always the slight problem with integrating the new maps into the playlists, anyway. That Bungie have, you know, they 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 often have to make special. DLC playlists that only people with the 
DLC can can go into that often have fewer players for a while, and you know they're kind of the elite lists. But then even then they're weird because they only use stuff from the DLC. They don't use the entire playlist set until quite late in the game's life cycle. So it's I don't know it it messes up the playlists a little bit. Even in Halo Three, you still have to select. There's a delineation between well not delineation but a, a separation between DLC playlists and non right. DLC playlists they're not integrated in a seamless way and you know it's segregating players which is precisely what you don't want to do mm. I mean Halo 2 got around that problem by making the map packs free after what 6 or 7 months so yeah, after cool. the after the main DLC zone you know the main sort of hit zone where all the hardcore players would have bought it anyway like I did um Everyone else could just go. It's free now. Have it, you know, and that keeps the multiplayer alive. That's true. That's good. I mean, because the people who bought it aren't necessarily going to be pissed off because they're going to get the reward of having more players in their devices. Oh, absolutely, at least. absolutely. Yeah. But I don't, you know, early adopters aren't going to have too much of a problem. I mean, it's Halo, no, I but don't think so. it's uh, it's still discouraged it's still even for those people buying it it's still a little a little awkward because of that separation mm. you know what if you wanted to play rocket race on some of the new maps for instance and they hadn't updated the playlist to use the new maps to play rocket race aren't you know little things well, the, little things to be fair they were pretty quick on the uptake of like um when the game launched it they were fairly quick to fix those things oh yeah, yeah it was like two Two weeks, like, what in, uh, well, one or two weeks after launch or something, they did a, a, a playlist update to yeah. fix holes and game types that people didn't like, and add they some got rid of that, like um, Rocket Race, and they got rid of that SWAT on Blood Gulch or whatever it's called. Yeah, right? thank God, because that was awful. Speaking of which, I had a go on SWAT, and I think it just reminded me of why I don't wouldn't really want to play Call of Duty or something multiplayer. Because it's a frustrating just, experience, isn't it? The lethality where you just die the moment you see someone. I just, I, I kind of understand why people like that Twitch thing, but it just really irritates me. Like, I much prefer Slayer DMR, where you you have the same gun, but you still have the shields and you have grenades. I mean, oh. so much more fun for me, but I mean, I suppose it's... And also, I noticed that the people playing um, SWAT were just better, I think. I, I used to like SWAT because it was kind of a... Um... Well, it was a bit of a novelty, I think, when it first turned up, when we first started making those game types in Halo 2, and then it became mainstream in Halo 3. But it was kind of, yeah, as I say, the lethality, as you described, outside of Counter-Strike, was kind of new, and yeah. uh, it felt good. But now Call of Duty has basically bastardised it beyond all fun. It's uh, <laughs> it's, well, uh, yeah. it's, it's, it's no longer that appealing. I don't understand why so many people like that so much. I mean, Counter-Strike was hugely successful, and um, Call of Duty, and that that lethality level thing, for me, really puts me off. I don't... I mean, maybe... Mm. It's obviously just... Maybe me. it's the hardcore game thing. The... Yeah, there is if a certain it... elitism to yeah. it. But that doesn't mean that if you're... Be... I mean... Because there's more luck, sort of, and, like... I don't know. Yeah. It seems like... Situational, it, you know, situational luck, you know, just, like... Oh, I happen to be behind this dude, or this guy hasn't noticed me. He, 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 kind but, of stuff. Know, cause, and in, like the just drama. because of the way people move about or the level. Or people who and... are interested in war games generally. Yeah, maybe. Well, yeah, Call of Duty probably has that kind of 
military interest yeah. category box ticked. But... You know, we, we were just talking about that. Or oh, if you're fighting each other with DMRs and one turns left and one turns right and one beats and one decides to back away and stuff, that stuff is the stu- is the fun stuff. That's the you're having a battle of wills with somebody else that you've met or whatever. In Call of Duty, that wouldn't happen because it'd be over in half a second. None of yeah. that fun yeah. is there. None of that combat is there. It's all Whoever just. Got... I was Whoever in got their spot. knife out first would win. Yeah. Yeah. I just I don't understand why people like it so much. I mean, I I don't know. I, 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 yeah, I mean, it is quite. Ad- I did play Modern Warfare One quite a lot. I mm. mean, I have I have delved into that a reasonable amount, and it, it is intriguing. And the level up system does put its hooks in you quite yeah. deep. It's it's pretty cool, but at the same time, it still doesn't get over the fact that the game can be one of the most frustrating multiplayer experiences ever created. Yeah, it's. Uh, well, it's one it's of those br- games. When it's brilliant, it's brilliant. When it's bad, yeah. it is quite possibly the worst thing I've ever played. The worst it's, thing ever, yeah. It's not because it's out of design, just out of the frustrating and the feeling it gives me. It's yeah. it's horrible. I don't like it. It puts me into that state where I'm so angry. I don't want to stop because I don't believe it could be that bad. You it know, could be, yeah. <laughs> then it's when you, you, know, you, you sort of get into that sort of yeah false sense of. Yeah, that, the, the wrong mindset where it's like yeah. seriously I can't be this shit at this game and you're not you really aren't that bad at it most no. of the time it's just you have no control over your own life and when you get that angry you just it's you, you just get worse don't you because you yeah and then when you and then this is the point I haven't played it since the last time I played because I did have one of those experiences and I've just not touched it since no. because you look it's on cool. it and you think why did I play it? <laughs> Why and... this? It's just not worth introducing this stress into my life. This isn't entertaining, bit, you know. I think no. in a in a way, it's kind of a, a miracle for someone like me who's not very confrontational in general. Well, none of us are. Like Zach's not confrontational, but we do enjoy shoot, killing each other, you know, in a competitive way. And I think it's a kind of it's a testament it's to like what paintballing is to, <laughs> yeah. to what to what Team Fortress Two is. Or, <laughs> But I think it's a testament to what Team Plus 2 and Halo and the design of these games has done, really, to make it fun to do that. I don't know. Mm. I don't know. Anyway, it's just a point of view. <laughs> I guess I don't like it as much on the consoles, though. I need accuracy. <laughs> mouse, mouse and keyboard. Well, you, you, used to, you, you used to be a Halo player. Well, yeah, but that was back then it didn't seem so much as the way it is now in, like... Where you know those things that happen, where you're like, "What the fuck? How how did I not win this fight?" Or, or like when it's when it's things that sh- really shouldn't be, like in, when you're playing SWAT, and because someone is just jumping around like a tard, it makes them impossible to hit. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that really should not be allowed. <laughs> I think that's I think that's me in general. <laughs> I, I can't aim for shit, so I just jump to avoid being hit. <laughs> You know, it's because it's you're so talk- effective in Halo, because when you're playing in SWAT, it's like, because you're aiming at head height or whatever, but because in Halo you can jump so ridiculously high and you spend so long in the air, <laughs> it's like yeah, having yeah, to but- aim at a moving target for that long with the joystick. <laughs> you know, we're talking about the controls and the fact that I wanted to put um, zoom in on B, and Zach, you were saying, oh, but then you'd move your, your hand away, from, your thumb away from the looking control when yeah. you were... I, I realized that when I, when I play Halo, and even when 
you know, because it's not on B, it's on right bumper. But I realised how much aiming I do with the movement control rather than the looking control. I like yeah, well, you strafe up, into view. Yeah, I strafe into like I aim up the reticle vaguely, and then I strafe into view like to actually shoot. I do it all the time. Well, it has That's been a quick way of doing it. <laughs> it has been said by some people at some point, even for Team Fortress, that like it's supposedly a sort of a scout technique that instead of trying to aim at where you're shooting, you should just like yeah. aim and then strafe across them and fire when they pass through yeah. your reticle. That's what I so do in like... Halo. I don't know. It, it, it just it occurred to me that that's why it hasn't been such a handicap to like move my thumb away from the looking, because I'm actually doing like aiming with the movement button. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, never mind. So, yes. We covered everyone. Oh, I've got a, a, a couple more games that I've played. Very so minor. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, about ten minutes. Something like that. Okay, then. Yeah. It didn't even require Mexican Dan. <laughs> Mexican Dan with, with two hours and two What's minutes. What's this Mexican Dan I've been hearing? Oh, this is when, you, when we... Uh, it, like in, <laughs> in one of the earlier podcasts, we had to do uh, time checks because I was sat with my laptop, but the system handling the recording was across the room. So in order to do a time check, I could even just sort of squint at it from afar or get up and have a look. And then, of course, I'd have to shout back at the microphone what the time was. So I'd be across the room going, 10 minutes! Or something. And uh, for some reason, that was that was like Studio Rob or whatever. So that was, you know, it had to be a different Rob. So <laughs> you might as well be Mexican. Mexican. <laughs> so... <laughs> obviously, this is how okay. the insanity works. <laughs> So there's always a method to the incense. Uh, it's my uh, studio partner, Fernando. Fernando. <laughs> hey, you know how much I like Peggle on the iPhone? Peggle Knights has come to the iPhone. Hurrah! Oh, finally. <laughs> yeah, oh, and it's come, at, and even nicer, it's come as an in-app update, so it combines oh, the games yeah. into one. So you don't, it don't, it's not two apps, it's one. And no, when you press... That's... When you go to quick play and press, I want a random level, which has now moved to the top, which is good, so you don't have to scroll down to press the button... To, to select a random level, it chooses a random level from both games, so all all the levels are included from Night Sounds, cool. the original, and uh, yeah, it's re- it's really good. It's more Peggle. I mean, they haven't. Yeah, I mean, it's got a nice, different, darker style or whatever because it's knights or whatever, and uh, <laughs> the little characters are, have their comedy knights versions of them. And there's one new character who's kind of interesting. It's like a squid thing, and. Um, Anyone who's played this, because Peggle Knight's obviously been out forever, but not on the iPhone. But but the squid thing is like you shoot it, and then uh, if it hits a peg, then it fires an electro bolt from that point down to the bucket, and hmm. lights up everything between the bucket and the peg that you've hit, or whatever. So if that makes sense. Yeah. So that's uh, kind of that was pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I'd like to cool. recommend two iPhone app games. Do so. Okay. Uh, first one is Cut the Rope. Oh yeah, yeah. All right. I think we've, we've mentioned cut the rope before, I think, because that's the entire point in the game. But yeah. it's, it's, it's making a bucket load of money. Yes, and it's it's really really good. I've completed it. And... So hang on, cut the rope is different from you have to burn the rope, isn't it? Oh yeah, no, yeah, that's it. We were talking about yeah. you have to burn the that's rope. A, that's I think a it's a similar thing. theory. Is it? But... I've, I've only played cut the rope because it was recommended, and yeah, it, it's. Really good. It's one of those games you expect to play like on Newgrounds or something like that, <laughs> where it's just a puzzle game that doesn't really take that much time to play, but it's it takes a bit of thinking to go through each level. 
Oh, yeah. I totally started playing Plants vs. Zombies after your recommendation. Oh, yeah. By the way. What do you... it, it, it is pretty awesome. It does get a touch yeah. repetitive, I'll be yeah. honest. Yeah. But it's it's pretty cool. It helped get me through a 14-hour flight, so that was fine. Oh, that's worth <laughs> it then, isn't it? It's worth yeah. it. Well, I, played, uh, I played Bitrip Beat as well on the iPhone. That's another... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's kind of cool. Actually, actually, I did pick that, that up in the end. It's really freaking hard to do with a tilt control. Bloody difficult, isn't it? Yeah, it's a bloody nightmare. I cannot do it. I mean, it's a really cool idea, but it's just so fucking hard. I haven't done, I got through the first level, but can't do the second. Um, just gets too th- fucking hard. I think I've got through the first one. What was your <laughs> other recommendation, Eddie? Yeah. Uh, train Yard. Train oh, Yard. Mm. This is great, because this is another Reddit story, because no one had bought this game apart from people in Italy who had stumbled across <laughs> it or something. Yeah. And then he was like, hey, Reddit, like... What my game is more awesome than Angry Birds. What? Why isn't it selling as well? And they're like, okay, we'll buy it. And now it's like number two or something or number three on the app. <laughs> yeah, it is. It... It's really, really hard, and it's much, much harder than any puzzle game I've played in a long, long time. The so guy who's made it it's says addictive because you because... actually will struggle with it. And... Yeah, interesting. Is it... He says he feels like he's won the lottery, but as if you had to work really, really hard to buy a lottery ticket. <laughs> <laughs> hey, maybe but... he was the £113 million winner. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Did anyone win Euro Millions? Yeah, yeah but no one's claimed it. Bastards. Lol. Uh, can, I, can I just claim it? At this <laughs> well, stage? you kind of need a ticket. Is it, but... is, it, is it like the Lost and Found? That it's been there long enough that I can just have it. But... No, it, they have uh, 90 days to claim it. If they don't claim it, it goes to the charity. Yeah, that's fair enough. I played right the demo of Enslaved. I don't know if you've heard of that. Oh, uh, yeah. We were yeah. Talk- me and Eddie were talking amongst ourselves about this earlier. I actually am quite... I was originally... This was off my radar. Didn't care. until I Until I watched the review and yeah. on game trailers and I, I'm actually really intrigued about this now. What they've done, I, of course... I, just as I was talking about last time, they they have done what I asked, which is copy that Uncharted. motion, the, <laughs> copy Uncharted's uh, performance capture. And not only that, who better to, to use for that technology as an actor than Andy Serkis? The yeah. freaking Gollum, baby. The master. King Kong. Yeah, <laughs> and King Kong. Cannot yeah. Wrong. So Ultimate I'm glad. Monkey. I said, yeah, the master I said, of mocap is finally in a video game yeah. and doing a damn good job by the look of it. I said, industry, copy this, and they've started copying it, and they better keep, they could better keep going, but I mean... Oh yeah, because it was all you, Dan. Oh yeah, it was. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm glad, I'm so glad, because sometimes these things like Deus Ex, it's just brilliant ideas, and they just get left and never return. Oh, need to... Time check. Need... Uh, sudden right. breaking, breaking news just before we end. Oh yes. There was random right. activity on my computer, so I looked at Steam because it was updating. And there's been the second Team Fortress 2 update today. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently there was one earlier today that I didn't notice, which fixed the... They managed to put back in the exploit that lets engineers build infinite sentries <laughs> <laughs> and and build mini-level 3 sentries using the Wrangler. Oh, cool. So that, was, that was the update earlier. It was like, fix the sentry gun exploit that lets engineers build level sentries. And then the one that's just been downloaded again says, fixed another sentry gun exploit that lets engineers build level sentries. And then the second... Note, the only other note in this patch, fixed engineers being able to build level 3 mini centuries using the Wrangler for real this time. <laughs> <laughs> for reals this time. <laughs> so it's like, well done. 
you're they, still they good forget, at packing, apparently. They, they just forget <laughs> to change the flag that said, do patch now, please. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like it. It's basically exactly yeah, the same man. patch. Some, some nice O-snap breaking news there. Yep. It's not like uh, they hadn't already fixed both those exploits once before. <laughs> this is basically <laughs> the third time they fixed those two things. Well, they're not, they're not, they've not been that reliable on their exploit fixes, have they? No, I guess not. They get their event. Let's hope this time... It takes them a few times. <laughs> anyway, time check. Because it must be the Time end. check. Okay, hold on. Let me just get... Go Mexican, Dan. Man, that really was Mexican. <laughs> that, was, that, was... That, that was more like Australian, Dan. <laughs> was still, Sorry, that was so too... Mexican, I couldn't get it. Too far away, was it? Four minutes. Uh, oh, okay. It's more than I thought. Yeah. Uh, I was All talking right. to Rob earlier about the Uncharted movie. Oh, uh, Nathan Fillion, right? Talking Shit, on his yeah. Twitter. And saying, I, I, I would be... love Nathan Fillion to be Nathan yeah. Drake. Yeah, it would be great. I mean... That would be great. I don't know if we'll get financed, but that would be good. How? Would... Well, the person what? who's directing it is the person who directed uh, Free Kings. Stupid question. Why can't they just get Nolan North to do it? Uh, he doesn't look Because like... he doesn't look like Nathan. Or does he not? No, he's he like... nothing like him. He's like Podgy. The only person that looks uh, similar to the <laughs> character is uh, the person who does Elena Fisher. Okay, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. But Nolan North doesn't look like an action hero, so he'd be no good for the role. Do you, do you he see just what needs I mean? to be Donut Drake. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but Nathan Fillion's got the... I think Nathan Fillion's got the personality to play Yeah, he's Drake. got the attitude True. from like, yeah. all the roles he's, he's like, played. Yeah. Like, obviously he just, need, he just needs to... Yeah, as I say, he just needs to bring Mal to the table and yeah. it's sorted. Yeah. And also he needs to beef up. Because yeah, I've been watching I'm his uh, TV show Castle, and he's let himself go. Oh, he'll be fat. He beefed up for Captain Hammer, lol. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he probably didn't. But there you go. <laughs> the hammer is my penis. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at my wrist! I've got to go. That's <laughs> <laughs> a horrible, amazing. That was fantastic. There's a sec. There's a sequel coming. Oh, really sweet. Yeah, Doctor Horrible too. With Felicia oh, Day. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, if I've it... been watching the Guild some more. It's oh still yeah, brilliant. I'm, I've watched the first episode of the third series. It's still brilliant. <laughs> yeah, it's got Will Wheaton in it. Oh. Will Wheaton gets lucky, and it's you can see how good it's gotten because uh, how much popularity has gotten because they've got a bigger budget now. Yeah, the budget goes oh, up each cool. time. Oh, and Vork's got his own comedy show now. His, his own web comedy really? show, which is worth watching. It's called, like, the fifty, um, the the 15-minute hour show or something. <laughs> oh, man. Will Wheaton is awesome. He has his own website and he's, like, all in geek culture all the time. He's always turning mm-hmm. up in packs and, like, doing all these crazy things. Ah. Oh. I've nearly We're finished done. watching all of Star Trek The Next Generation. Oh, <laughs> so good. Well, I, I skipped the first two seasons, so but I don't think they count. Before, Will <laughs> so you haven't actually finished what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> they don't count. Will Riker should not, not have a beard. He should always have a no, beard. No, that's true. He it's not right. When he doesn't have a beard, that doesn't count as Star Trek The Next Generation. I don't yeah, think. but have you so, had any T.L. Grey? I can't agree. <laughs> plenty of T.L. Grey heart, yes. 
Oh, but there's there's so much of it. There's 25 episodes in a season, and there's seven seasons. So check it out. Ooh. That is a lot of Star Trek. Seven ones where he has a beard, or seven in total? Uh, no, there's f- I guess there's five where he has a beard. <laughs> okay. <then>. But there's <laughs> no point watching the other ones. Like, it's, they're too silly, and I don't know. Oh, nearly at the end. I'm really looking forward to the finale. All good things. Come, must come to an end, including this podcast. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> we now have less than a minute. So, uh, I want to thank uh, uh, Rob and Zach and uh, Eddie once again uh, for joining me. And um, uh, hopefully, I'm, this recorded properly. Hopefully, this recorded properly. If it didn't, then we're going to be in real poop. Otherwise, this has been an epic waste of time. <laughs> an epic waste of time. <laughs> well, it looks all right. Well, it looks all right from here. So, with any luck. Uh, Oh, thanks seconds. for having me on the show again. Oh, you're welcome. Pleasure. We need sports yeah. and PlayStation players. <laughs> yeah, we do. You provide for us. I, I bring something different to the table, I Indeed. think. Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> Ten, nine, eight. <laughs> Don't just count out the <laughs> 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 Last stop. Worst ending ever. Goodbye. Worst ending 